0: welcome everybody this is albert Campa for the cantina mx podcast i'm here with uh fellow panelist joel what's going on joel?
1: what's up what's up al it looks like it's uh, podcast de Caballeros today. The oh. rest of the the rest of the cantina barfly seem to be on a vacation.
0: <laughs> one one has just joined us, it seems, Mister John oh. has just joined.
1: Wait, but, John John de or John Jagu?
0: John Jagu. From yeah, sorry,
2: sorry uh, to disappoint you, Ho, and it's just me,
1: <laughs> John. <laughs> I think John heard the bottles clinging and he couldn't stay away.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just started, John.
2: Oh, well, I guess I, 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 I joined just in time. I'll be joining up for a little bit.
0: Not, <laughs> he heard
1: that bottle open. open. <laughs> he he heard that bottle open and he's like, "Did someone call my name?"
2: Uh, no, I've been uh, I've been enjoying some Yingling today for sure.
1: I've had that before, John. Uh, actually. Marquitos introduced it to me.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's good stuff, but you can only get it east of the Mississippi. They uh, have this crazy policy where they don't want to they don't want to venture out west for whatever you know whatever crazy uh, reasons. So.
0: Great, so great to have you on, John. Uh, hey, of course. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, so. John is on vacation, but joining us for a little bit. Uh, and I guess uh, to start off real quick, uh, at the beginning of the show, we can, co- we can make a few comments on the World Cup final. I guess my, my take on it was uh, I, I expected France to, to just be too much for Croatia, although I do think the initial foul on Griezmann was uh, non-existent. He, he took a dive and got the goal. I don't I don't I mean I think that was wrong but I don't think that was gonna change the result any. So yeah I think they deserved they deserved the victory. They got a good team. What did you guys what did you guys think of the whole uh final end of the World Cup? Well
3: we oh, talked about it
2: last week. Right, uh, we, we talked about it last week on the show where uh the fact that Croatia had played uh, three extra time games in a row meant that they'd played an extra game. And uh, at some point they were going to run out of the, you know, whatever stored battery life they had was going to finally uh, catch up to them. And I think what we saw.
1: They were on the reserve stuff. tank.
2: Yeah. We saw some of that. I mean, especially with the, uh, you know, with, with some of their key players like Modric and, and Rakitic and the other guys, and uh, uh, you know, especially there, and the, you know, once France, at least in my opinion, once France was able to withstand the first, you know, ten or fifteen minutes of, of each half, and uh, and uh, just absorb the, the pressure that Croatia was going to throw at them, the, the result didn't surprise me at all. I mean, France just has a really solid team. They were, you know, one of those. I
1: mean, for for people not to consider them favorites before the uh, the tournament. I thought was really, really and and they and they look really confident, John. Even after uh, Croatia had scored, they just seemed like you know they they were gonna get the result eventually.
2: They did, and uh, you know the second goal that was scored you know a lot of people say that the, that the handball was involved. <clears throat> but you know, you know to me
3: the rule on handball
2: is if if your hand is away from the body and the ball is going toward goal and it hits you in the you know, the hand or the arm or whatever it is, then they 're going to call it every time I mean, they called it in the Mexico Korea game, and that guy was what a good fifteen yards away from goal, but the ball was you know going toward goal, and the hand was. Off his body. Yeah, and, uh, Spre- the ref didn't even hesitate to call that, and, and to me, it was almost the exact same play.
1: Yeah, especially if you're facing the ball, because uh, Chicharro had a handball, but his it came from behind him. Not and, only did and it come and from it, and behind
2: him, but he but he was also uh, going away from goal. He he was he was going yeah. toward the other team's goal. So there was I mean and that that one was never. Uh, I mean I mean if you apply that criteria, then I think that you know that, that the uh, that that the referee with uh, well, the way that he ruled it was, or I guess the way that the bar, what he saw in the video, yeah, that was absolutely But he had to go back and take a look at it. Which I thought that when he went back to look at it, he was not going to call it. But uh, I guess he wanted to make double sure. Sure enough, it was a
1: handball,
2: and he was able to put it through. And they got the two goals in the second half.
1: Yeah, that that could be our advice for our new profe. Profe from Escondido Dan who uh, he just took over a uh, under 6 soccer team and that's uh, you know tell your players when they when it's a corner cake or, or a cross into the box they have to have their hands you know they can't jump and yep. spurt their hands wide
2: that's right and uh, I mean I remember the, uh, the goal that Mexico Rodriguez scored against uh, Mexico
1: <coughs>
2: got Carlos yeah. he did everything he you know, he had his hand you know, literally. You know, he was holding his hand behind his back to make sure that that wasn't going to be a handball, and the shot obviously, the shot ended up working out really well for Maxi. But, uh,
1: yeah, that's uh, like uh, well, that's so. So sometimes it's interesting seeing the players when they're uh, when they're arguing against a handball because they already know they already know yeah. that it's one of the first things they teach you. You know. Yeah.
2: You know, and, you know, the funny thing was that I was watching the game. I mean, I thought that, especially in the first half towards the second, that 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 Bulba was having just a really terrible game. He was his his passing. He was when he would collect the ball, his passing was terrible. He uh, it just it just seemed like he was getting twisted around. And then you know, boom, boom, he makes just out just terrific uh, you know, long passes to Mbappe, and then he ends up getting the goal. And he just he he. He personally totally changed the game, at least in the second half, just totally changed the game, took over the game, you know, it just goes to show you just how quickly a player can can go from, you know, playing really bad to playing really well.
1: Yeah, Uh, it shows in an instant. That was
0: a perfect game for France, because it highlighted all their, well, two of their main, well, all their, I'll say all of their main players, because Giroud was, like, non-existent the whole tournament, everyone says, and it's pretty. It's pretty much. Yeah, true. he didn't
1: score. He he failed to score.
0: Yeah, but Mbappe Which scored and Pogba and, uh, scored, so that was like those are the main. It's it was good to see Mbappe score in the final. That young. And and as the main guy for that team, it was good to see that. Because sometimes yeah, you see. Like, you can't
2: forget Griezmann. I mean, he you know, he had four goals in the tournament, and Mbappe had four goals in the tournament. Pogba, uh, I think, only had the one goal, but
3: yeah. You know, their ball yeah, is so very it. well taken. And,
2: uh, and France, to me, is a very worthy champion. And again, uh, we mentioned it over the weekend. I mean, you folks have to remember that uh, Gignac had a shot that go off off the post in stoppage time of uh, the year of the 2016 final. If that ball goes in, uh, France is the the Eurocopa champion and the World Cup champion you within know, you know, two years. And people would be talking about them, that would be one of, one of the greatest sides ever. But unfortunately, you know, for France, it didn't happen. But, for folks to, uh, to, to not consider them one of the heavy favorites after as well played that tournament and, you know the tournament. It was it was a uh, it was it was a good way for the for the tournament to end, and I'm glad that there were. You know, it was it was the most goals scored in the final since uh, I think '86. Yeah, it was definitely when they had a uh, Argentina won three to two.
1: So, yeah, and a and
2: way for the tournament. To
1: yeah, and, and I say probably one of the main takeaways from this cup has been, has been the dominance of the European teams. Because since, uh, you could probably say since 98, there's been a European in the final and only one, only one South American team has won it, which was, uh, 2002 was Brazil. But pretty much, um, and then, and then Argentina went in 20, 20- 2014 made the final, but like other than that, it's it's been all European winners.
2: Yeah, I mean it's been it's been uh, you know at least uh, you're right. Since so 6 it's been it's, been, it's, been, it's been thawed, So that's what when the fourth World Cup in a row where European side won. Uh, There's only been at least in the tournament, uh, I forget what the status, is, but the, it just in most of the World Cups played in Europe, it's very rare to see uh, teams from another continent even make the semifinals in the European World Cup. So it was, uh, you know, it wasn't an entirely. And of course, you know, Europe also has out of thirty-two, thirty-two teams that participate. You know, they have fourteen, so chances are pretty high that they're going to
3: have the bulk of the. Uh,
2: the bulk of the participants in the, in the later round This so shouldn't be a surprise for anybody but uh, you know, it, it would be nice to see more uh, you know eventually see more South American North American Asian actors or whatever it is
1: to, to make yeah. final so well, you we'll know John yeah but I mean to me it looks bleak <laughs> outcome looks bleak I think with Europe taking the Pretty much the majority of talent from South America, from Latin America, it's just strengthened their, their teams and their league and their players, you know? Uh, their young players get to play against, you know, or side by side with some of the best, you know, they have to offer. I mean, you, you go back to like the 90s and, and up until before the Bosman ruling when, when it changed the number of foreigners, uh, teams used to get. And and the South American teams they matched up pretty well when you had the, the Intercontinental Cup, the Toyota Cup and, and you will see like Belle Sarsfield beat AC Milan. Belle Sarsfield's now man, they <laughs> you know, they they'd be lucky to make the final of the FIFA Club's World Cup. No,
2: you're right, and it's not just that. I mean a lot of the
3: you know, and it makes it easier
2: for you know, particularly like Argentine and Hawaiian. To play in Europe because, you know, for whatever reason, they seem to be able to, to get a, a European passport much quicker and much much more accessible <laughs> to them than, you know, say, a, you know, a Memo
3: child who's been in Europe since 2011 and doesn't have a zero passport yet, or or, or yeah. like Ito for that matter. So, so they still have the three, four in a rule. But, you
2: know, a lot of these guys, like, you know, Messi doesn't count as a foreign passport, which is a joke. Uh, that's just how it is, and you're absolutely right. There's, there is, there uh, is. Uh, what it's done is, is there's been a, like a paradigm shift in, in, in the amount of talent that was in the America. There
3: have been a lot of foreigners in
2: Europe.
1: You don't know, yeah. have of foreigners in be, Europe. Be, yeah, because imagine, John, if if you didn't have that exodus of talent, how much more? Exciting and and more competitive and difficult the Copa Libertadores would be. I mean, it already is, but imagine if if you still had a lot of those players, you know, competing in 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 that tournament.
2: Sure. No. I mean, I remember, you know, when they first had the Toyota Cup, I plate playing. think back then it was like Stawa, of or whoever it was, but I mean, it was it, it was a it was a really big deal. For them to win that, and it was a culmination of Argentina winning everything and that year because they won the World Cup, they won obviously the Uruguayan and they won this, and uh, you know obviously the the real strong Brazilian teams of the eighties like Flamengo, etc. You're absolutely right they it. It, uh, Wait, are you guys really saying that?
0: So what, are you guys saying saying that... Is... so what you're are you guys saying, saying that... is. Are you guys saying that, so what you're saying is, well no, I I can barely hear John, but are you guys saying that there was a time when a a lot of South Americans stayed in their countries and didn't go to Europe? And is that, when was that? Because as far as I can remember, uh, Brazilians and Argentinians, the top players always went to Europe.
1: No, no, like look, even go back to the 94, 94 World Cup, check how many Brazilians were, were in, uh, we're in Europe, you know. And '86, I think Argentina only had like three players that were abroad, Maradona being one of them. I said his name yeah, because you have to
2: remember <laughs> that, uh, that you know because of the Bosman Ruin that you know AC Milan would could only have three foreigners on their team. Period. Not necessarily um. England, but well, it's not just the Bosman Ruin, but also the, the, the EU changed things too because you yeah. know, if were in the EU and you could play wherever you wanted, and, and you know combine them with the Bosman Ruin. But the other thing was, again, is, is that a lot of these folks, whether they're Argentines or Canadians, even some Brazilians, because they had, you know, a, a Portuguese grandfather or whatever it was, they made it really easy for them to get a European passport. So they didn't quote-unquote count as foreigners.
1: And, and, and also, John, the European teams, they kind of, you know, they, they started taking players really young, you know, so that by the time they were 20, 21 or whatever, they were eligible because they've been living in the country for a while. Um, and so you, you had something in the late 90s, I think it was, FIFA had to make a rule because, uh, they were just getting all these immigrant kids that if they weren't good enough, the club was just releasing them and you had a bunch of homeless kids running around that at one point had been prospectos. So that, I would watch that Netflix series. <laughs> You know, you're in some village in Africa. One moment, the next, you're in AC Milan, and then two years later, you you don't cut it for their under 20, so you're they let you go, man, and and your um your your promoter just abandons you. So now you you're just you know you're kind of homeless all of a sudden. You're just vagabond.
0: I guess my 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 remembrances <laughs> of. Uh... Of Riquelme, how he was at Boca and then he went, and I'm looking at it, he went in 2002 to Barcelona and then stayed in Europe until 2007 when he returned to Boca towards the end of his career, I guess.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I look at the, the 1982 Brazil team. I think only three or four were in Europe, But again, you know, AC Milan in the, in the late 80s had a terrific team.
1: But, you know, the only foreigners they had on the team were the three
2: Dutch guys. It was Van Basten and
1: Root Gullit.
2: Ah, uh, uh, oh, yeah. The,
1: the other Gullit. Gullit. The other Gullit. The original Gullit. Oh, that's the original. The original, the OG. The, the OG Gullit.
2: That's right. So yeah, so it was. I mean, I, I mean, you had to be incredibly talented, even as a South American, to even be considered playing. I mean, if I, I mean, that, you know, Seiko, as great as he was, never never played in Europe. At least, at least, not at the time. He played
1: for Flamenco. Flamenco yeah, well, <clears throat> yeah, Pelé was the other guy, you know, going even further back.
2: Yeah, but the the government kind of said...
1: No, <laughs> they no, didn't they, let him? They,
2: they said he was he a was, national treasure. So they
1: yeah, that's true. From, yeah, that's true. It took Henry Kissinger going over there to negotiate yeah. his move so to...
0: So what's the uh, what's the future hold? Is are, are we going to see continuous uh, European dominance in the World Cup, or how is South America going to get
3: back?
1: Uh, well, if I, I do think it's going to stay the same, uh, you know, I, I think that's why a lot of people were hoping Croatia would win. It would, you know, give some hope to those to the other teams. Um, but but I do see the the same. The same team still dominating, and I, I still think, like Brazil, to me, I think I still think going into the next cycle, they're still going to be one of the strong and favorite teams. And Argentina, they have all this talent. I think if they get their stuff together, you know, they they could still challenge. But outside of those two teams, I think it's all it's all Europe.
2: Well, I mean, you well, know, to be honest, I mean, outside of Brazil, Argentina, since the '50s, have been the only teams outside of Europe. Too up anyway. So it's not like we're really, you know, going out on a limb and saying, Well oh, yeah, it's gonna be Brazil and Argentina. I mean that, that's who it yeah. all, be. you know, the the quarterfinals are our sixth European team in Brazil and Argentina. You know, maybe uh an African team gets to
3: be there occasionally
2: South Korea here you know, the US made it one, But the the reality is that in most World Cups it's gonna be six European teams and Brazil and Argentina.
3: That's just
0: Actually, in the, the way it in the in the mid, in the middle of this tournament of this World Cup, I thought this is going to be like a mid tier, a mid table World Cup <laughs> oh. champion because like uh, Germany was out, Argentina was yeah. not doing good, Spain, Spain, Spain
1: yeah,
0: and then, and then Italy
1: didn't, Italy, Holland didn't even qualify. Italy, Holland,
0: either. Chile, yeah. yeah. So if Croatia oh, would have yeah. won, you know,
2: that's why. That's why the you know that other that other side of the bracket you know, when we did our show before the second round started, I mean, there were teams other you know, any one of those teams just had this, this just this unbelievable path to make it to the, you know, to make it to the final, whether it was Croatia or, or England, you know, for that matter, you know, I mean, they just, I mean, it was just like, you know, all the heavyweights on the other side, it was, uh, it, was uh, it was, it was wide open for them to, to do it, but, uh, you know, the only one that was we able to take advantage of it was, uh, was England, and
3: and then Croatia
0: yeah. yeah, and then you have all the talk of Mexico beat Croatia uh, last World Cup, and then Mexico beat or tied Belgium in a friendly and all this ridiculous talk, which, you know, I guess is expected at times, but I, I enjoyed this and uh, this World Cup. I liked the goals and the excitement of the games. It seemed more more uh, more exciting than past World Cups, to my recollection.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a good World Cup. It, you know, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people think it was the best, most important. I, I don't agree with that. I think there have been other World Cups that have been, uh, you know, better. I mean, just off the top of my head, I think France '98 was oh better, None of us were alive, but I'm sure that if we got to watch the Mexico 1970 World Cup, I think that. You know, most agree that that one is still the standard bearer as far as the greatest World Cups, just just because oh, not only the star power that was in that tournament, but also the just the, the quality of the game. The fact that it was on color TV. I mean, there were so many factors that made that World Cup. Just, you know, a lot of the games were played in sunlight, which I'm personally just love seeing World Cups played in the daylight. I just I just think it just so much better on the images. You know, the summer sun, it
3: just looks really, really, really good. And, uh, you know, there about? There were some crazy good games. I mean, there was the, the Germany-Italy semi-final,
2: the Germany-England uh, quarterfinal, the, the Brazil-England group game. But,
3: you
2: know, there's just a whole bunch of uh, reasons why the, uh, the Mexico 70 uh, is probably still the standard bearers as far as best and most exciting and most thrilling. But this was good. I mean, it was better than the, I think. Better than Germany. Better than South Africa. Better than uh, Japan, for sure. Uh, probably yes. not as good as Brazil or even France. But uh, and, and yeah. And,
1: but, it was uh, an exciting World Cup. I must say that it was it was pretty exciting. I, I think one thing we haven't seen is you know domination from you know we never got to see like Cristiano or Messi. Dominate the way they dominate in, in club play. Uh, I think that's, that's the one interesting thing, uh, you know, to take from those players. Just you see how like Cristiano winning three Champions League in a row with Real Madrid, or just the way Messi seems unstoppable a lot of times in Barcelona. And then you you had a lot of people seeing if they could replicate that at the World Cup, and and it never happened never really happened like they'll give some glimpse but then you know that that was all like cristiano the first two games you know he had like four goals he had a hat okay. trick and, and and then uh would would dissipate, dissipate a bit
2: and, and then and then but, came with an, uh with an, an Iranian missing a sitter to uh to, to <laughs> Yeah. Into the round of <laughs> but you know, you know, Cristiano and Messi, in, at least for this tournament, I think they have had the, uh, you know, what I call Rafa Marquez, you know, Rafa was, at the, was at the height of his power. He was clearly the best player Mexico had. But, you know, the team didn't live up to his standard or to his level of play. And I think that we saw a lot of that with us, uh, uh, at least in this tournament with Portugal, and then over the past what six or seven years, well, with Argentina, which is crazy to say because they made three finals in a row. But yeah. I mean, you watch Argentina play in those in those tournaments, like uh, you know, even even in Brazil, making the final. I mean, they won uh, like all their games one yeah. zero. Well,
1: I, I yeah, think they- those two guys still have one World Cup left in them, so I think Qatar is going to be the when we see the curtain fall on those two guys.
2: Well, speaking of Qatar, uh, now, it, it, has anything been made official about Juan Carlos Osorio?
1: Wait, 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 John, wait, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Before before we get to JCO, uh, what has been made official is that FIFA has moved the dates of the World Cup so to accommodate Qatar in, in the heat, the savage the heat. So it's going to be, yeah, in the winter, so it's going to be the first winter formal cup. So there's that.
2: Right in the middle of Thanksgiving, I know
1: that. Uh, oh man! Hey.
2: That the, the, the folks at Fox are not happy because it's going to interfere with the NFL season. But uh, oh, it's the only country that has to worry about that.
1: But for the rest, well, how, oh yeah, but no one else celebrates. <laughs> I was going to well, say you know, for the rest of us. Uh, this would be another well, the, another the perfect, perfect
0: opportunity. Have
2: agreed to have to have a stoppage in play, and you know, Frank, you know, I see it actually. As, you know, it might be a good thing because, you know, the players aren't going to be as exhausted yeah. the now as, as, they, as they normally are, you know, playing a 70-game you know, season, as, as some of these guys do.
3: So, yeah.
2: you know, that might be a good thing. And it's not going to be, obviously, nearly as hot in, uh, in Qatar in November to as <laughs> it is in June. It, uh, yeah,
1: well, to answer your question, John, um, yeah, it's been made official. JCO turned down the offer, but, but I feel that that was more of a formality to say that they were offering him an extension. I was talking with, uh, me and I were talking before the start of the podcast and I was saying, now, uh, if they really wanted him, they would have, they would have wrapped these negotiations since before the World Cup, similar to with how Germany did it with Joaquin Lowe, where they were like, we, you know, no matter what happens, we have faith in you, so here's four more years. Uh and and I don't think that was the case with JCO in a in a big part because there's a change in management with John Deluisa taking over FMF from Desio and you usually when we have a new president they want a clean sweep. So uh you know, so I was saying like the only way I would have seen JCO staying is if he would have had that quinto partido or quinto partido and beyond, and at that point, you, you're not going to sack a coach that had such a good tournament.
0: Well, another thing that he uh that was interesting was after the World Cup, he said he was asked if he would continue, and he said yes, if he received the support from the players, then he would definitely stay on for he would love to stay on for four more years, and then for now, all of a sudden, him to not accept. It's like but, but, a, a contradiction I, to what he just.
1: I, I think that's formality as well. He's, I don't think he would have said no. You know, I, I just think that's him being diplomatic.
0: Yeah, so he didn't say no. He just didn't get a. You're saying he didn't get a, an offer.
1: No, no, I'm just saying he would. Of course, he would say that. He's not going to say something that could be seen as negative. Saying that no, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm leaving. You know.
0: Oh, so he wasn't truthful when he said, "Yeah, I'd love to stay on for
1: half, just... half truth
0: yeah half, half, yeah. half truth <laughs> he was being nice, he was being nice he didn't want to offend hurt people's feelings and say no i'm I'm out of here man i i hated, I hated people complaining about my rotations <laughs> Making fun uh, of me for seven zero, even after he got made fun of for taking two, uh, for taking his wife and then his girlfriend to the World Cup. Like, he was ro- rotating women at the World he
1: Cup. Did, he did say that rotation was a way of life. He said that. <laughs> and, 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 he, and, he, and he's called rotation, his other word for rotation is giving opportunities. So, <laughs> they gotta give him credit for like, he, you know, he was all in on that. I could, I could see him doing that with beers, John. Could you imagine? He rotates his beers. He has a fridge, just different type of cellas and, you know. Apparently, that was the only
2: thing he was rotating during the tournament. So. <laughs> uh, so, no, but no, I haven't seen any, any any official word yet. So, I mean, is it just, are we, are we still, I mean, is it still in the, in the conjecture phase
0: or is it... Uh, I think it's... Yeah, I think it is just, like, sources close to are indicating this. I don't know if official...
1: I think, I do think it's pretty much because uh, John DeLuisa already returned. Uh, and I think John, he already, he's already begun making his moves.
0: But the official uh, account hasn't tweeted out this um, JCO is out. I guess that's right. what... Yeah, that's what yeah. There
2: hasn't been an official... Uh, but but you're right, Joel. I mean, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, he was he, yes, he's a Televisa guy, but you know, just you know, that, that that shouldn't you know, nine times out of ten that's gonna be uh oh, it's gonna be one of these guys again, you know, like you know, that's to me didn't really inspire anything in you know, it. You know, a bunch of stooges. Uh, but uh but Yon Delvisa, I mean he's a guy who uh you know he's he's a lot younger. Number one, you know, He's you know seven years ago uh, was the organizer for the the, the 2011 no, the U20 tournament they had in Mexico or the U17. Rather. He's the head organizer for the 2026 World Cup. Yes. So he so he definitely has the chops and
1: uh, and and John. Uh, yes. And he's he's negotiating to to take Mexican teams back to. Libertadores and Copa America, which has always been for TV rights, you know? Sure. I think that, that you know, the, the, all this talk about the calendar and we're saturated, I think that that was always just hoopla. It's always been for the rights, you know, to get a bigger piece of the pie. Mexico is a big attraction in the U.S. market, and it's two big markets because it's also Mexico and U.S. So, I mean, I, I do... I could see why they would want to, like, push to get more, just more out of the tournament that that they're bringing so much in.
2: No, you're right. uh, I mean, it it obviously helps both parties here. And uh, and he's, you know, the guys that he's going to have running the show are Dennis DeClos, who's been uh, in Mexico for a while. He's a a soccer guy. You know, obviously, Hedado Dorado is not necessarily one that has had the front office experience that you would want him to have, but, I mean, you know, he, he's a guy who, you know, has been, you know, he was a professional as a teenager, you know, went to Europe extremely young, played in three world cups. And uh, obviously is someone that, that that you're hoping can, you know, take the reins and, and it's someone that's can. You know, can, can still relate to the players. And, and, and to the so, so I think people are the, the brain trust. You know, you know, for the first time, you know, I, I think Mexico fans should be, you know, should be hopeful that, you know, you know, maybe the things are going in the right direction. You know, Juan Carlos Soria did a lot of good things but, uh, as far as the, uh, you know, the organization and the
3: the administration of how a uh, national team should be run. I think. An unbelievably solid foundation for that, and it's something
1: that should be, that should
2: be well, copied and, and, and it should become the standard for Mexican teams.
1: Well, you you know one of the rumors that came out, well, I'm not saying the rumor but but one of the things that 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 is being said that FMF had to say about Osorio was that he's a good trainer, he's just not a good tactician, and and they, they said they were saying that because of. How he bombed in in all of the big games for Mexico, he just bombed. You know when the going got tough, A soldier just caved in.
3: Yeah, I
2: mean he did. I mean he had obviously the the World Cup against Germany. You know, the, you know the killer. You know, is, is, you know, as much as I, you know, I try to downplay it in my mind, but you know the Sweden game was just. I mean, after seeing how that bracket played out for, for Clara, I mean, you know, that that could have easily have been a Mexico-Croatia semi-final.
1: For, you know, to, uh, yeah, you know, and, and but, but the, in those three games, I would say the three biggest games that he had to coach, uh, you know, that Osorio had, which was obviously Germany at, at the Confederations Cup, uh, he had uh Chile, and he had, um, he had, uh, who was it, Brazil. So what, what was the tally? Something like 13 goals, three defeats, 13 goals, and like two or three goals, four?
2: Uh, in those games, it was just one goal, for.
1: Man, so, I mean, that that's just that's, doesn't look too good. And, and, you know, it's like, that's not what we're used to as Mexico fans. We're used to, I mean, even if we even if the team doesn't win, we're used to seeing at least the team go down fighting, you know, to fall face, face up, facing the sun, or, you know, no uh, sure. but, but to, but to get our asses handed to us in a silver platter, that's just... <laughs> and, and I had to question like, so what was the point of bringing in the, bringing in this one guy who was like the therapist, the guy that was going to motivate. I mean, it's like, to motiv- I didn't see the motivation. That's, that's where I was expecting to see it not not against South Korea, you know, but in, in the big the really big game though the one for all the marvels
2: now uh, yeah i mean there's there's no question and 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 we talked about it when we wrote our column a few weeks ago about you know you know, he did he did everything right from you know six days a week, but on that seventh day when when mexico really needed him to to shine the most was. the
1: yeah. Um, oh man.
2: And, and that to me is is just the is the um, you, you know you he, it's great that he
3: and,
2: and we talked about it you know for the past three years you know since you know, we've been on the podcast you know he he changed a lot of things about how Mexico manages the national team I mean I mean just 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 in travel alone you know having the guys from Europe instead of flying to Mexico City and then fly all the way to Columbus or, you know, wherever they had fly flight. We had them fly direct there. And, uh, you know, and then they met up there and they, so they wouldn't be as tired. Or even, you know, understanding that, hey, you know, I have nine guys on my team that don't play that don't play in Mexico anymore. We're playing qualifiers in Mexico City. What on earth are we doing having these guys? You know, we need to figure out a way to get them acclimated to what we need. So let's go training Cuenavaca for it. You know, it was, it was decisions like, you know, I suppose, look, and I'm not – I'm not trying to badmouth Chappell because I'm not, you know. But would say, hey, we're going to play in Mexico City, and 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 and, and that's just how it was. You know, just having expectations of the players were going to automatically, you know, get acclimated to playing in the Mexico City. It just, it just was never the case. Um, I and, and, and things didn't end up working out. So I think that you know, that part I think was a great foundation to, to, from which to build on. Now the problem that I have with Osorio is that you know all of his coaches were Colombians he didn't have one Mexican assistant, so, so there was no one, you know, if Mexico wanted to carry this man
3: alone,
2: there was nobody on his staff that could, you know, that, that, that would be, hey, you know, let's, you know, they didn't put, uh, you know, Fulano Gutierrez on the staff, so. Maybe yeah. Staff coach because he
1: his, did. You know, He'd be perfect. And they booted so him, actually. They John, they booted the guy because uh, uh, El Potro Gutierrez was trying to, he wanted to be part of the coaching staff. He had done a good job with the youth, with the under seventeen, and then taking the team, uh, the Olympic team. But then uh, when he tried when he tried to be part of the coaching staff to go into the World Cup, he just, you know, they sort of ostracized him.
3: Right.
2: So so there's just nobody. So so now Mexico's going to be back to you know, where they always are, and they're going to have a new guy come in and, he's to, you know, change everything again completely. Whoever this person is, uh, I know that but, Ramos uh, you know, has this, you know, whether he goes, wherever it is that he got this list from, you know, this list of criteria of, of what the next coach should have. And if, that you know, eight, if there's a person that, that that checks all those boxes, that person is not a Mexican coach.
1: Yeah, the, the eight-point thing, yeah, we were... We were discussing it, Chiquis and I. Um, so yeah, I think that brings us to our next subject. Who, who's next? You know, who, who will the FMF hire? And I, I know it's going to be important, especially with John DeLuisa now. So I think that's, that's going to be very important for him because he's going to want to start this, this process in the right foot. And, and I think, uh, one of the ideas is, not just for this cycle, but for the next I know they're seeing it as long term just Mexico being one of the hosts of the World Cup in twenty twenty six they want to see that you know they want to take the team and and culminate and I think they they could have a a very good you know um if 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 uh if you're going to have a World Cup where where you could, you could potentially win it where where you have your best chances of winning it is when you're hosting it. And and if you know Mexico could could very well play all their games in Mexico. I mean playing yeah, I playing, been playing noticed, for the
2: key. Uh, I did notice Joel, that in, in the column that Rafa Ramos wrote about the you know the eight the eight uh, the, the the eight uh, tick criteria
0: the attributes.
2: Yeah. The that, that, that he did name as uh, uh, Rafa Puente as an
1: assistant. He did as an assistant. As he assistant. As assistant? <laughs> yeah, assistant.
2: He says, "Whoever the coach is, please, please take. Rafa hey, Puente so that he can take over for 2020."
1: Uh, I, I gotta pat myself because I did. I mentioned him before that column. I, I mentioned Mr. Puente Jr. before Rafa wrote that column. We
2: talked about it last week on the show.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm on the right path. Uh, although I, I think it does make more sense to have him as an assistant than as the main guy.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, he's gonna get his. Uh, it's his chance again, coaching, us, coaching the kid, though. Okay. So, so we have we have the eight attributes. That <coughs> you want to go over them? Are, you want me to yeah, list yeah, them? Please, please. Yes, please.
0: Listen. All right. Number one is uh, player selection. Two is strategy. Three is authority and personality. Four is charisma and, uh, I guess, locker room management. F- uh, five is uh, committed and estudioso.
1: Yeah, is, that's where that's where JCO, JCO excels. Yeah,
0: that's a JCO <laughs> attribute. Six is uh, a- uh, uh, updated up methods. To, up, yeah, up to speed on. Up to speed on the methods, <laughs> and suddenly. Yeah. wait, wait,
1: wait. Let's let's stop it there. Yeah, that, right. that's another thing that JCO would do. And I'm saying any any anyone uh, in the Mexican payroll could do that, you know. So I think if if they make it a requirement, and if you have someone like to close, and and just seeing like just the reach that FMF has because they do have that reach, they do have these good relationships with with all these uh, federations or coaches. It's something they could they could easily do if they wanted to, you know. They could easily send someone to meet with Pep for a, a day, you know, hmm. to talk and and whatnot.
0: Yeah, JCO JCO traveled all over to to learn from other people.
1: What? So. Yeah, the, but the connections are there, you know. Like the yeah. the federation has the connections. They they could reach out to Bielsa, they could reach out to Pep Guardiola, they could reach out to a lot of these guys, you know. So, uh, okay,
0: moving on. Number seven is an interesting one, and I'll say here in a minute. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, cold, calculated, cabeza fría, momentos candentes.
1: Oh, and I was that's... thinking
0: Sampoli, Sampoli doesn't seem to qualify for that. I don't know what you guys
1: think. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know too much with Sampa, but I, I wouldn't judge him from this, from, from this his current – no, man, he went into a burning, a sinking, burning ship. Yeah, a momento thinking... candente.
0: I thought that was yeah, but
1: that that was just. I think any coach getting jumping into that was just it's gonna have a difficult time, man. It's so much things going on there, you know. There was even rumors that it was Messi's dad who was who was calling the lineups, and with with Messi paying the payroll, (laughs) who who was not going to listen to him, you know. So I, I think that
0: I think that's, that's a good attribute uh, though. That's a good that's no, a good thing is. to have. It's very hard I, I, for people
1: to have that. I think it's 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 what 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 has affected Mexico like just that in some of the big moments. We you know that our coaches have failed. Um, Aguirre, well,
2: you know, against the U.S. at the last World Cup final. I mean, uh, you know, Didier Deschamps, you know, his best player against Croatia got a yellow card in the first half, and it was. Uh, was it Cane, Cante, Africa, the pin And he made the decision to take the guy out. He French guy?
1: Yeah, because uh yeah. because cause,
2: cause that guy, you know, he, he was he was tentative. I mean Croatia was, was 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 taking control of the midfield so he had to put in that that big bruiser. And he did and it it, it totally changed the game. So I mean that was that was a risk that that, that he took and it ended up Wait. Probably, I mean, that was I mean that is
1: John, you mentioning this, you mentioning this chance, you know, it reminds me that uh, I think it's, it's, I do think it's important uh, in keeping in mind the Mexico selection is that he, every coach that has won the World Cup has been from the same, from the, you know, he's been a national. So the champ is French, you know, Every World Cup champion has had a coach from the same country.
0: Yeah, the and Hugo Sanchez will be the first one from Mexico.
1: And, 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 well, no, even in Mexico, like <laughs> even if we're joking, if you look at all of Mexico's top wins, Copa Confederaciones, Olympics, under 17, they've all been won with with coaches from Mexican coaches.
0: The latest so I know we, being
1: what? I, I know we keep looking abroad, man. I know we keep looking for that. For that world class hey, coach, hey, Julie, so do you
4: do you believe that uh, Mexico is a, is a, is a, one of the top uh, candidates for for the next World Cup? Cause I think no, well, well, you have to see. I think we have to see it two ways. Uh, are we looking to grow, like grow the team, as far as what what's possible?
2: Profe, that or would or only happen feel like if, you, if you took over the team, Profe.
4: Well, I was telling Jolie before he shot him down, the, and, and, and then I, then I, I was actually thinking of putting
1: him as a as a wait, you know recommending wait. him to the, the logistics guy. No, but you, you, you can't. Know. I I, I see up. I see where you're getting at, Profit, But we're talking about the long con. We're looking at we're look because I, I well, think you missed, it, you missed you missed the half.
4: Jolie, in the long run, we're all dead.
1: No, I know, <laughs> but we're looking at the, the the you know the the proceso de ocho años. Uh, what the clue the corvos el plan el plan de ocho años, el plan de ocho años which is twenty twenty six so I, I know that's what they're looking for they're looking to get a coach and then give' them two cycles
4: oh i don't i don't know if you guys uh, paid attention to uh to the interview uh uh what's his name gave one of the youth coaches he's a u twenty coach right now god damn it his name escapes me at the moment but he said that for the youth teams uh Juan Carlos Ortega who was who was put in his job by by the De La Torres when they were in the national team he said uh uh Chema Ruiz Chema Ruiz uh, he that he wanted a uh, he wanted a unified playing style across the board across the spectrum so for oh,
1: the yeah. teams oh yeah
4: the Hans team. Hans so, did the same yeah Yeah well that's that's De La Torres uh so basically what what he's saying is that the the senior team is playing one way and the youth teams are all playing a, a style that's that's dictated by Juan Carlos Ortega that he's the one uh which I, I think it makes sense to if you want to develop coaches and players you you got to pick uh
1: one thing and be really good at it, you know. Wait 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 I just before we jump into that was one of the things when uh when Nestor was was the GM and that was one of the things that he was advocating for, you right. know, for yeah. all the all the coaches to be connected. But then after he left, they just scraped all those plans. But I think having to close, and and you know, because that's something that Hans did, and and I wouldn't be surprised if Nestor got it from Hans because they worked together at Chivas. And then, and then I yeah. think the close is yeah. from the same school. If he brings that back, I, I wouldn't mind. But but just in closing. I think a big reason that happened was because um the JCO camp they just kinda were doing their own thing. I don't think they were open to working with other coaches that they weren't from their own camp.
4: Yeah, I think that so that's what Chima Rez was saying. So the youth teams are all doing that Jolie up until the, the Olympic team. So I don't know if uh if the FMF is gonna lean or if there, if that's gonna be one of their talking points. But well, uh, we, one of the points I was going to bring up, like, should we, you know, like uh, a lot of people were supporting JCO. I uh, was one of them. and But I think one of the one of the sticking points was he didn't use a, a defensive mid, a destroyer-type defensive mid. He was looking, yeah. to, he was looking he for left, a more hype. More he left them at home.
1: But, but yeah. you know, to answer your question right, right away, uh, to answer your question, Juwan, yeah. uh, to close, was the head of the youth team's, before he took his current position so i yeah. do think he's going to i do think he's going to prioritize something like that
4: right but so all well,
1: right
2: it's going to be sad. it's going to be sad to see you go
4: professor
2: hopefully,
4: hopefully no I, well look let me make my point my my i mean the argument with with, with jco it's like a really big point cuz he's trying to change he's trying to uh Play a style with Mexico that that they don't develop the players for and and the de La Torres when they came in that was one of their points that look we we looked, we studied everybody right jolie yes, we studied every federation we studied uh every federation's the type of players that are in their system he goes and we picked something that that worked for mexico so but but you, but, you know I, I appreciate that comment John, yes it's gonna to be uh you know those, those those three months of managing the team into the until the first uh, fracaso will be will definitely be the best. And Wait, a Big payday. Uh, at the Prophet, ring.
2: We will only call for your head after the second loss, not after the first
4: one. So, you have to no, after the second loss. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, Hello? Uh, I'm gonna step
1: off. Wait, and, uh, we'll, uh, John, John, do you have like me? five minutes?
4: All
2: right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you two minutes. That's
1: okay, because because just for John, we're gonna skip and. Yeah. This, yeah, what we have to do this. To- <laughs> no, yeah. No. So, going into League IMX, this is going to be the 100th. The 100th a league since the start of the professional era. Um, okay. So, we were going to do a... We were going to just do a quick rundown of... of um, the history of
0: why don't we get a prediction uh, before
1: he leaves? Oh yeah, that's true. Going to the 100. Yeah, we'll go into that after. So, uh, John, your quick your prediction as who you think is gonna who's gonna lift the uh, the league title? Uh, who's gonna be the fracaso and who's gonna be the surprise team?
3: League
2: title. I got a second. I believe in Pelaez.
1: Cool. Uh, I, think, factor. I think we'll, be, uh, we'll oh. be Monterrey.
2: Oh! I think that they will uh, I think they'll get it together for the next one, after this one. And, and my surprise team will be Pumas.
3: Pumas?
0: Wait, who was your failure?
4: Monterrey.
1: Monterrey? Man.
4: So does Alonso get fired, John? You think he gets fired? Uh, what? I don't know. We'll, probably not but uh,
2: but I do think that they're going that they are going to struggle for the first uh at least the first part of the season and but but uh, you know for them you know they have to make at least the final and if they don't do that it's that that that's a movie be a you guys enjoy the rest of the show and have a have All
1: a right, good right. one yonn later hey yeah, have a good one so, so guys I'm, I'm going to give a quick uh you know the 100 years of FMF. I'm gonna give a quick rundown. Uh, you know, two minutes. That's all I need. Cool. Hey, but 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 you know what you want? Two minutes. That's one round of heavyweight championship boxing, dude. That's enough to get knocked out. Isn't it three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't> it three?
0: <laughs> I think it's five. I think it's five.
1: No, a round. Come on, dude. It's two minutes. That, that, that's uh, MMA. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob. I'm boxing
0: around in two minutes.
1: Yeah, it is, man. Okay, but let's let's I think <laughs> let's it's go weird. with this. Let's. <laughs> so okay, Liga MX professional era began 43, 1943. So the 1943-44 is considered as the start of the professional era. Uh, I, I dispute that. And, I the and, and it was it was ten teams. Ten teams competed for that tournament. Uh, and then Chivas campeonissimo, the 1950s to 60s. That team's considered, the you know, the dynasty, the first dynasty team because uh, they won seven league titles. Uh, but I, I think uh, Leon was also dynasty team. They had won four. But I, I think they never were able to reach the popularity of Chivas. That's why Chivas takes all the... Yeah, they take all the glory. Uh, and then 1959 was the start of the Clásico Nacional between America and Chivas. That's 1959. So then going into the 60s, that's when you had uh, Cruz Azul and Pumas.
4: That's hey, when but, uh, of the... Club America was a rebranded team, right? Weren't, weren't they called uh, Las
1: Guajalotas before that? <laughs> Actually, they shared the name. They shared the name with Chivas, which is Club Union. Because Chivas was also called called Club Union. Uh, and, and then America. America's, actually, America under the, the English, like, like in England, where the teams that are united. So any team in England that is called United, like Manchester, Newcastle, whatever United, those are teams that were two teams that became one. And, and that was America. It was, it was a Jesuit school and, and some other club, and they, they became America. But they could have, they could have, they could have called themselves America United if they want to. Uh, but, <laughs> so, the 60s, 60, 62 and 64, that's when you saw, you know, Pumas and Cruz Azul because they both came from the lower divisions. And that's when they, they became one of the popular and bigger teams. Uh, and then for the 1970, 71, that's when, uh, they started using the Liguilla format. But, but it used to be long, long season format and then you were going to Liguilla. So you, you would do a long season followed by a playoffs. Um and then by the 70s, you had the reign of Cruz Azul. This was the Máquina, man. Um, they won five league titles. So in the 70s, and, and you know what, I'm, I'm a, I'm probably gonna piss off some of my chilla hermanos, but, this this machina was probably more impressive than Campionissimo. So I think by the seventies it was just more competitive, more difficult. So I I think what Cruz Azul was doing and they did have a lot of Mexicans in that team. Uh I, I do think that was pretty it ranks pretty high up. Kinda of sad that's, that it gets ignored that's kinda, now.
0: It's <laughs> kinda like the uh it's kinda like in the NBA. If I could school uh Juan a little bit in, in in NBA knowledge, the Celtics uh, oh, yeah. They had like they yeah. had a really huge they won like I forget how 13. many like double digit thirteen championships. Yeah, something like that. But they're they're so <laughs> old, man. that, that was so long. <laughs> those they had like some those old people <laughs> just, just just
1: per team. They had one Moreno per team. <laughs> yeah, they
0: they, they could they can hang with the lower lower table teams <laughs> in, in
4: today's game.
1: <laughs> that was when you that could be five two. five six and you could still play in the NBA. Yeah. Now, that
4: before, before or after
3: John
1: Whitting Whittington, he trophies with UCLA. Oh, come on, John! John, don't go there, man. That's that's pretty. That's
0: that's pretty <laughs> talk, man. Huh? That's second division. Oh. That's second division talk.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so the
1: '80s. The legend, man. So, yeah, yeah. So we're up to the '80s now. So the '80s is the the America. that's when.
4: Jolie, the comparison, I, I think a, a, a comparison now would be like uh, would be like uh, Michael Jordan being the goat, you know,
3: and then and then Beto recently coming up that no, LeBron's the goat now because no. he's a
1: more recent. No, no, more I, more don't, recent no, no I don't. No, that's, to close.
0: Me, that's what you're too close.
1: It's too close. No, no like, man, that's that's if, too if, close. Is the is the is the goat and uh, oh no, but uh, you know, La Nazero was was more. No, different, you. You know, you know what? You know what? Then, and and then John will tell us, hey, I, I, I saw Will Trader
4: in Kimberly live, and he was a beast, and he should be the GOAT, you know? Hey,
1: man, I, he I'm saying cool. this as a Chivas fan, though. I, I do think, even though I do think uh, Cruz Azul campeonatos were more difficult to win, I, I think Chivas were very important because they pretty much put football on the map. If, if you go back to when Chivas was winning, soccer was not, it, it, it was not, the, mind, popular we, not we, the popular we, sport. We, they were not the popular sport. It was looked down on. It, yeah, but when it was, Chivas went, went to play international competition, uh, how did they Yeah, do? they did, did do the, good.
4: How did the Machina do when they, you
1: know? Yeah, but, but come on. It's it's also like they're almost like friendlies. You right, know, but, it's... It, because it, it's,
4: it's, that's what there was, dude, you
1: know? No, I mean, there was there was already... You had like Copa Libertadores and you had other... Fortunately, Mexico, we weren't Mexico, part of that. Mexico, no, oh, they, they weren't. That's why, but I think that's that's a subject for another time, man. Let's let's go. So in the 80s, that's um, when America saying, came out. You got to compare apples, apples, oranges, oranges. <laughs> it, it, it struck a chord, yeah. didn't you? I said Chilla, hermanos, and, and it, here's Juan. Here's Juan crying. Okay, um, so 80s. <laughs> <it's> th- <laughs> hey, man, that, that's personal. That's it, Jolie. You can off <laughs> the coaching staff when I. The gloves are off. Let's go. You're back on, dude. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, yeah, culeros, let me finish this so 80s 80s was America and then we go into to the 90s and uh, 1996 was the start of the short tournament that's when the you know, Liga MX copied because that's, that's where they got it from they got it from the Argentine League which split their turn which split, you know, split their season into two they started doing two campeonatos per year and uh, Liga makes follow suit, except with the difference being uh, they have Liguilla. So that was in 1996. Um, and then, so you had like teams like Santos and Pachuca, and I would say even Toluca. Those three teams came up, you know. So
4: and, uh,
1: they were but they missed, they kind of, they kind of were at the end of the 90s, you know, they, they were, they were still, they were yeah. still in the long season type thing, and uh they only won like three, I think like three league titles, but I mean, it was more difficult back then, Um I would, uh, I would assume La Puente would have probably won six, you know, uh, anyways, uh so you had, that's. That's when the Torneo Cortos, you had the Pachuca, Santos, Toluca. Those teams were the ones that became pretty dominant. And uh, 2012, now we're getting close to now, that's when uh, you had the rebranding. So Primera became Liga MX, which I don't know if you guys remember. uh, When they were talking about rebranding, one of the names was Premier. Liga Premier MX. But they went. I guess they just went with Liga MX, just
4: Yeah, I You
1: guys thought
4: that they were they, were, they considered that adding the Premier?
1: Yeah, they they had comments. They had studied because that's what uh, England had done when they be- like I guess like around ninety two, they became the Premier League, and 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 so they kind of went to see what what some of the changes the league had done. They were trying to kind of replicate some of that, which is, which is, you kind of see they, it they now with, with the rules about like, your stadium has to be this big and you need to have all this, all this like criteria to be a, it's kind of they, what they're, they're doing the, now. Huh? They missed the really big, uh, the really big uh, point that the Premier League has. Oh, oh man, you know they were going to miss it. Come on, Juwan. Yeah. Two, two televisoras. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got the yeah. televisores competing. That's what made the Premier League so strong, though. You know, like, you
4: can't require these guys to. I mean, the money, is the money really there to upgrade the stadiums if, if there's no.
1: Well, there... a lot of them did. If you look at it now, you know, like Puebla, yeah. all, all of these teams uh, have so. had new st- Chivas, Monterrey, America didn't, you know, America always had, but they modernized it. You know, so like
4: Axa recently
1: also was Yeah. Won. Yeah, that was Calientes, they they built a new stadium. So that was one of the things with the new stadiums and a lot of teams did do that. And then you even had like Atlante moving to To Acapulco and doing a stadium. So it it was one of the one of the you, you could say one of the improvements. Uh so just so so now we get to the current time. Um so right now at the top of the heap you have America and Chivas with 12 league titles each. They're followed by Toluca. Choricheros I mean, have 10. Santander. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, Toluca came close to winning the 11th. So I, I do think Toluca. They 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 do. I I feel that they might um, catch up to Chivas soon. Chivas um,
4: and America. And then
1: yeah, I do think they're gonna catch up. Just, you guys mentioned that they would be that Chivas would be getting surpassed soon. I think you're the one that said it because I did. Well, you know what? And I wrote I wrote this in Big Soccer, and I wrote it over ten years ago, and I said that America was going to surpass us in league titles just because you know all of the sort and everything going on, everything that you know. It, it almost seems like going up a hill, you know, and and every time like. Even even like having even with clubs being able to bring in 10, ten extranjeros, you know, even that could make it difficult. Um Yeah. So yeah, America did surpass him and she was recently tight him.
4: Huh? You you agreed with Almeida back then.
1: <laughs> no, I huh? You you just did it. You just did it in the Man, I'm not gonna get into this right now, Juwan. God damn it! I am consistent, but but I do think uh, w- when they keep changing the rules, it 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 could you know because the, the transfer it's it's the transfer that makes it difficult, and 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 but then with with your Chivas, right? And and so now it's more difficult to buy a local player because there's less there's less talent, so it costs more, and if your Chivas. That comes at an added premium. It's like an added bonus. And, uh, and I think if, if you have a bad management, that makes it even more harder. Because when, when, uh, who was it, the De La Torres, and they had Juan Jose Franchi, and they had Ivar Cisniega, and they were able to negotiate and bring in some top players like Bofo, Carmona. You know, they, they brought in a lot of players that were national team caliber players without any problems, but then after those guys left, and then you had you know the, the carousel then Chivas couldn't even they couldn't sign anyone, and they were paying premium price for players that were like like Angel Reina, they were like you know they weren't wanted by teams, but, but then even Chivas had to pay double you know, for a player that most teams wouldn't even want to sign so I, I I that's where it becomes I think Chivas makes it more difficult for themselves. Uh so but juan I mean, you distracted me way. So oh uh, you
0: finished with the uh...
1: No I had Chikis, do you have the it shows who's the champions? You know, who how many Ligas
0: oh, each so you team have has. You have seven for uh, Pumas, six for Pachuca, six for Santos, seven for Leon, and six for Tigres.
1: There you go, man. So that's where we're at right now.
0: So it's a it's bunch, a bunch, con, a bunch of congestion down there in the lower, the lower numbers. But I agree that Chivas and, Ch- and the Ch- the Chivas state right now, Toluca could very well catch up. America, America. Yeah, and Cruz
1: Azul. And Cruz Azul.
0: Uh, I have my doubts on Cruz I'm not as optimistic as John is on uh, Cruz Azul.
1: But, you know, let's keep in mind, even when the whole Cruz Azul joke, that was their playing yeah. finals. They were losing finals. Yeah, they and are I sub do think, Yeah, subcomputs. Yeah, they I think they get a lot of flag, but if you look at, like, an Atlas, Atlas doesn't even make a final. Like, and, and some of these other teams, even, like, Querétaro, you know, with all due respect... The, they won the Copa under Russetich, and that's, that's their only trophy in first division. So you have a lot of teams that Puebla and all these other teams that don't, won't even get to play a final. So, so I, I do think it's, it's in their DNA, man. I think they will come back and, and, uh, challenge once again. And, and this season is, is testament to that because they, they're one of the teams that did the best inversiones and, and the best transfers.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't have full confidence in them or, uh, or Pumas. Pumas lost <laughs> Nico Castillo. And I oh, think yeah. they're, going, they're going downhill without him.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that Pumas has... Pumas' management hasn't been all there, man. And Santos, I think Santos... Santos did their thing, you know, that, that's been their, their, uh, modus, modus operandi, the whole, they'll, they'll build a championship team, they win, their players, you know, their stock goes up, they'll dismantle that team, and then they rebuild again. And, and their current team just doesn't seem that strong. They got rid of Nestor Araujo, Izquierdos, and Di Giannini, and that's, man, that's, that's some that's some really strong players to to you know.
0: Yeah, so I think they're they're going to be done for a little while. I think someone yeah. said a three year plan.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like let three- their, let their Yeah, youth... Dan. Yeah, Dan was telling us that.
0: Yeah, so they if their youth can be. Can... Every... Yeah, their youth is going to have to step up. They still have them. Then. The Santos youth is going to have to step up, and I don't know if they're going to acquire anybody in the meantime. I think they still have Fuch. But
1: uh, it's going to be tough for them, I believe. Yeah. No, I, I do think they will. They, they just – those were some heavy hitters. I mean, the the your two main central defenders, it, Esquerdos was the captain, and he, he when they were doing that, he was the one guy that would – that guy would scored important goals too. Uh, so, yeah, missing Esquerdos and – Narajo, arguably one of the best Mexican defenders. You know, Di yeah. yeah, like was the leading goal scorer. So yeah, that's, that's a, uh, you, you got rid of like three key players, man. Some, sometimes losing just one can affect you, as we saw with Chivas losing Gallito. Losing three, that's, yeah, who knows, who knows. We'll, we'll see what Tivoldi has in store for us.
4: I think they, they got some canteranos and you know with no descenso they got time to to bleed them and yeah. that's what I'm expecting.
1: No, I I do think some of the some of the teams are gonna take advantage of that of the no descenso and and that's the one thing I think Chiwas should do too. You know they should take full advantage of that, and, and, but I don't think they've done a good job of communicating that to the fans, saying like, look, there's no descenso, we want to concentrate on the cantera you know and and we got all these promising players and now's the time to like to build a good a a good you know a good team from from the youth but but i i know i feel like they they've sort of jumped that they're sort of like hey, Jody. yeah did
4: you, did you see the did you see that uh, the the link i posted from record one of the articles Oh I sick
1: or something. Oh, when, oh but that's been known man that is the one that he said that he's had his son a Maudi?
3: Yeah. Amaldi. I
1: guess he's, oh that's that's been for a while now man. That that's been the case for a long while now. we uh and and I mentioned in one of the podcasts in, in when there was the voting to see who would you know they were voting to renew the the license for the Mexican national team, and as the presidents of the clubs were were going to the voting, and it was yeah. a Amaudi that ygue mauudi and and even before that to some of this big f m f meetings it was it was uh Yegueda showing up, yeah, but has been kind of m i a for a while he he even it's, said that was one of the reasons uh one of the reasons why Almeida left was because he was no longer even picking up his calls, man. He wasn't returning his tweets. He wasn't retweeting or liking, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, this guy would have some problems with Viguera and he'll, he'll pick up his red phone, you know, his direct line to. <laughs> the bad phone, dude. Direct line to. To Vergara, dude, and uh, this guy wasn't answering. Man, he's he was like in New York, I think. Yeah. He was just traveling, and just tra- yeah, he had had an accident, so he's had a few health problems, and I think he crashed a motorcycle, uh, you know, a while back. So, I don't, I don't think this guy, you know, around the time Vergara came in, I think Vergara was checking out. He was ready to sell the team too. That's when we had all these rumors of Slam buying the club, and and I do think there was truth to that. But uh, but I think Higuera came in and said, "Hey, you know, let me, let me help you," and and this is the big rumor now coming in recently. But I haven't I haven't gotten the sources, but it was being reported in uh, ESPN Deportes uh, Raza Deportiva. They were saying that. Uh, and uh that Iguera is cousins with one of the televisa guys. I'm not sure if it's John de Luisa, but man, that's pretty huge if that's true, you know and and as we know uh Iguera is Americanista fan it's all tweets we all are all pro america tweets you know
4: what i I think it was uh, John de Luisa.
1: Yeah, that's his cousin, like primo romano. Yeah. So, man, that's some heavy implications. And if that's true, that could mean, uh, yeah. Ciao, uh, ciao Almeida, man. Because I, not what Almeida did, but what his agent did was wrong. You know, I, I think his agent he he messed up right there when he leaked he he leaked that email. You know, with the whole, you know, the 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 Chivas email where they were saying, um, what was it, the the for the to to the contract, you know, because he had three years and they were trying to negotiate his his despedida, you know, like we'll pay you one year. Yeah, yeah man. But to leak that, that's just it looks bad, you know you lose trust in some of these other owners. They're like, they're not going to want to work with you. Yeah. So who knows, man? And, and then just going into Iguera, I mean, not Higuera, Almeida, I mean, Argentina recently sacked San Paoli. And we, you know, uh, we all heard that Almeida is one of the candidates. So I guess this week we'll find out if just how true that is, you know.
4: But, I, but he, I, if they're looking at Almeida, I think Sao Paulo is like the same school but better. You know, I mean he played yeah. great Chile play once up. Uh, so because the the players showed in this cycle, they can play that that high octane, uh, you know, pressing game counter, and counter pressing when they lose possession. Um. So.
1: Wait, I, who, I, who are you talking? What players are you talking about? So maybe, to me. Oh like, no 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 but but see right now I'm talking Mexico. about not some not yeah, but I'm not talking about Sampa coming to Mexico. I'm talking about If Almeida If Almeida will go to Argentina. I, I think he's one of the candidates. I just don't think he's one of the top candidates. I think they'll see like Pochettino, maybe I don't know so much Gallardo because um the the people in charge right now of, of AFA seem to be the Boca Junior camp. And, and Gallardo is, is river plate. So is Almeida. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but you know what? <laughs> I, 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 but I, but what? Almeida's not with them right now compared to I mean, Gallardo. He's
4: a, he's a big river plate guy. I mean, you know, he... He is. He,
1: when he is. they
4: went down, he was a player. He retired as a player, became the coach, and got them promoted. Um. But, but what I wonder is, because is, is, Becker, man... Uh, he stepped down the, from the Colombia job, right? He did. So,
1: yeah, I think he's another candidate. So you know,
4: I, I remember reading something that he was going to go in there to be the Don, you know, to basically... Oh, uh,
1: take over everything?
4: He, yeah, take over everything and, and just set up uh, the program, like, kind of like, uh, like
1: a job, well, I guess. They do need that because uh, Hugo Grondona, which was the son, he's the son of Humberto Grondona. So Humberto Grondona was a He's the alpha. He was the alpha president, and he was he was like a vice president of FIFA. You know, was he it, was right up there with Joao Co huh?
4: And wasn't was, it, was it Julio Grandona the CONMEBOL president, or is my?
1: I don't know if he was, because uh, I know there was the dude from Paraguay. I keep forgetting his name. It was a it was a Paraguayo that was the the president, uh, you know, a few years back, Campana. before the Fifas. Escaped, but anyways, after after Umberto died, uh, Hugo Grandona, which is son, and Hugo Grandona was he even worked with FMF. He had the he had the youth national teams right before uh, 2005. So he almost took that team to Peru. He almost took it, but he got sacked because he failed to qualify to the under 20, uh, and so they sacked him. And uh they had uh Burrillo Ascarraga from his own pocket, he had paid to have uh Chucho coach the under fifteen. So it's interesting because you had you had um you had you you had
3: this man,
1: I'm, that we- I'm forgetting I'm forgetting now. Uh, no, you had Hugo, Hugo Grandona coaching the under seventeen, right? He was under. He was the, the head of the, all the youth coaches for so had under twenty and uh, under seventeen. But then uh, Burillo Ascarraga said, you know, he 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 used to be um, he used to be with the FMF, and he's a pre, he's the primo of uh, of the of the Televisa. Yeah, he's a, he's a cousin, and he used to he owned the um, he used to you know, like some, Soccer United Marketing. So he yeah. used to own, he used to own Soccer 2000. That's the name, Soccer 2000. And, and they organized all the games in the U.S. So that's, that's, you know. And, and he built the Centro de Alto Rendimiento, which is the car. So he, he built it for, uh, cause he had Atlante and Atlante was in the F. So man, this guy, Burrillo, man, he, he's like a hero, man. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit. He's the guy that brought in Aguirre when, when, the first time when Mexico was about to get eliminated. Yeah. And yeah, he's the guy. He's he brought him in, and he's the guy who, who uh. So he saw what was going on, you know, because uh, Mexico had failed to qualify to all the youth tournaments, Olympics, every 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 youth tournament they, they they failed to qualify. And
3: yeah.
1: He yeah he's. He's the one that started like to put money into that and he created the under 15 and he put, he put Chucho on the, in charge of under 15, which is pretty young kids. And, and after Hugo got sacked, they just gave it to Chucho who had, you know, he had, he had worked uninterrupted and that was the under 15, which I, to me, I think it was pretty huge. It was a huge win, you know, to win that youth tournament
4: yeah well it's thanks to Hans you know he was working with uh.
1: Hans with, <laughs> with, <laughs> no problem, way no he ma-
4: had the Chivas players in uh, playing <laughs> in Europe and uh, and uh, Chucho hadn't called in some of the players then he he saw them win this tournament he, he called in Bella and,
1: uh, oh okay okay I give you yeah, yeah you Mando. have a point there Juwan I um, give you some credit for that Juwan
0: you know congratulations <laughs> <laughs>
1: They won the Milk Cup. No, you're right because the go- the, the, yeah, the gold. Yeah, the, one of the only players that was like, that were like already was the, the Giovanni. See, so I think he was already in Barcelona. Uh he was one of the main players, but not, but not Vela. Vela came later, and then even even Chicharro was in that group, but he didn't make the final cut. Yeah, it, it was that other guy. From Morelia. What was his name? He he scored one of the goals. Ever, dude, what
4: a disappointment
1: in guy's career. But you know he's in second division. I had people telling me Ever was going to be the real deal, man.
4: You know his goals were so they were so ugly, man. They were so you know, he's like falling on his ass and he's tripping over people and he was just extremely clumsy. But then he would just he he'd go in and score a goal, man. I mean, you know. He's like the freaking, he was Chicharito before Chicharito was Chicharito, <laughs>
3: you
4: know? Chicharito and Man MA United had the same thing. Um, Jolie, did, did you give your feedback on Cruz Azul? How, how they, how, oh, John said, right?
3: Yeah, John is no, pro.
1: I, yeah, John is pro uh, Belias, which I am too.
4: I, I'm, I'm, you know, I was reading about him. I'm, I, I even I'm, I'm impressed with the. I'm expecting positive things out of them because he went in there and he's. That guy is just disciplined, man. He just goes into work. He doesn't, you know, he met with the players. And he, it seems like he has a strong relationship with uh, uh what's his name? The coach. Yeah, the coach is the. Matosas is... is it? No, no, it's, uh,
1: no, 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 it's Caixinha. Like, what was yeah, it? Caixina,
4: dude, yeah. You know they they they're like they're on the same page. They they've got the same game plan going, so um, uh, it's promising. You know what? Well, you know what? though I remember Beto being a Cruz Azul fan back in the day, man? He, but he denied. He it. was
1: before he 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 became a gatos?
0: I don't recall that, man. Yeah, I, I recall that you were a Cruz Azul fan. I, I remember,
1: dude. You had like either you had the avatar or you were always he talking was... about them. You know what? Now that you mentioned, I think he ha- did have that Cruz Azul avatar. Petor, you cambio coming to the Championship. No,
0: I don't recall that, man. It must have been making fun of Cruz Azul or something. But it was like in nine. Or when was it? It was in 98. When I went to no. Vietnam for the first time and saw Pumas oh. and
1: I fell in love with the
0: influence, I got influenced
1: with in the Goya for the Goya. You were chanting Goya. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I I think Cruz Azul is one of the favorites. As is Tigres. Tigres is right now, and América. I think I think those three teams are the main candidates to win the league title.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I, like I was saying before, the, uh, the club soccer predictions, the SP, uh, power rankings.
1: Have okay. Monterrey, yeah.
0: Have Mon- Monterrey up top. With, Monterrey uh, Rayados? Yeah, Rayados. And then Tigres, and then Cruz Azul. And then Santos, which I don't know if I agree with. Then America, Toluca.
1: You know, I could have seen Santos if they would have kept their team. But they dismantled it, you know?
0: Yeah, so I don't I don't know how those, these numbers come into uh, how they calculate them, but, uh, yeah, but they have pretty tool up there. So
1: from when was it though? Like when when was if it's recent or is it from a few months back?
0: It was updated July 18, so that was yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, I don't I don't I don't agree with the Santos either. Um, I, I think they could make Liguilla, but I don't I wouldn't put them as candidates.
4: Took Dude, they, of, I, they took a, they took a freaking a whooping from Tigres in
1: the. Yeah, they did. They, t- t- Tigres opened a can of whoop as, and the cup. And, you know, and speaking of cups, you know who, after going through uh, rehab, you know who, lifted another cup again. <laughs> it was Kulit. Coolit <laughs> Pena, the- man, with Nikasa. <laughs> hey, I'm happy for him because I, you know, he's a talent, man. He's. he's He's a good player to have, and I hope we recover him for for you know into the next cycle.
4: Well, uh, he played a big part in Chivas' uh, championship run.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, he I know, but he he went through some through some problems, you know, and he so the Necaxa when Necaxa hired him, because because Cruz Azul had they Cruz Azul gave him a chance, and he and he he was a major letdown. And uh, he wasn't gonna find a job. Like no, no, no club wanted to touch him anymore, because he had a, uh, you know, by this point it was known he was an alcoholic. And, and when he was in Chivas, that was the whole joke. That, and it was the rumors, and it turned out to be true that he would show up. He would show up crudo to the training, or that as soon as the, the the team training would would end, he would he would go to the liquor store. He'll go hit the bars. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, he's not so, He's not coming back, dude. He ain't coming back. No, no.
1: Back. Well, well cheekies, cheekies Um, check it out, man. <laughs>
3: he's
0: that done. was one of
1: the conditions. Nakaxa said if, if we hire you, you have to, you know, you have to going, go to like, like... Is he going
0: like to a, Anonymous?
1: Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty there. much, dude. Yeah, no, they they told him like this is the condition. We're going to check up on you regularly and if you slip up, that's it. We're just... Well, I, I don't know if it's in the contract, but but that was their condition to hire him. And I think he, he, uh, he took it because he had disappeared. P- people were scared. They thought he went suicidal.
4: Yeah, wasn't he? Disappeared he disappeared uh, for uh, like
1: two days. And then he showed and up I- with his family? <laughs> yeah, he, he tweeted. So he went to MIA for like, for like two days where like no one could get a hold of him. And, and, cause you know, uh, let's remember during the draft and all this, uh, um, you know, Cruz Azul put him up and nobody wanted him. I was like he was like he was like in the bargain bin and, and nobody wanted uh, the cool it. so so he think, he reappeared, huh?
4: You you think that trip uh, to Scotland
1: uh, didn't help him out? Nah, man, I think he was eating like shepherd pies and and <laughs> whatever beers they had.
0: <laughs> hey, hey
1: man, this.
0: <laughs> you know you Scotch know Ghoulie is a good candidate. You know how like players, whenever they retire and everything, they 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 gain the dad bod or they they get out of shape, like uh, Maradona. <laughs> you see him or you see Ronaldo, bro, the Brazil yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. No, but... Never. is going to be the worst thing. You, like in like when he's fifty or something, that dude is going to be.
1: What? you know who? He's going to be huge, like man. He's gonna be, you think, you think he's going to have? A... Remember.
0: He's going to have the barriga, dude. You think he's going to the...
4: wash out, be a borracho, and then like in ten years he's going to like? Be,
1: the, be like the next Bad <laughs> News Bears to, you know. Oh, you snap. Ship. No, you know who did develop that panza, man. That was, that was, um, el panzas. That was, um, God damn, Pastor Lozano. He was at Tigres. El Pastor Lozano, man. And he, well, even while playing, he had, he had quite a belly on him, dude. You know, I, I'm not clinic. kidding. The current jerseys would not fit on him, man.
4: He, he had a clinic here in, in in LA, like in Paramount, not too long ago. I think they were charging uh,
1: she,
4: she
1: con la panza we.
4: Yeah, seven, like he, 75 bucks dude, for 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 like a three-hour yeah. training session with him.
1: Because you know how they say you do a quebre with the cintura, but he would do it with the belly, you know. <laughs> you see his, you see his stomach going one way. His feet are already going the other, dude. Thank and dude. Uh, <laughs> His knees are done. Hey, yeah, good. no, but, but but Gullet so Gullet took that deal with Necaxa and he's been he's been doing good and Necaxa just won a title with uh, Leaño Jr. at the helm.
4: That's a big promise there man, Leano winning his first trophy dude. As a debutante, no?
1: Yeah, especially with so very little Mexican coaches coming up. So
4: you yeah. have Rafa Puente and, and now you have Le Año. That's
1: that's pretty promising. He, he could be the he could be the the future. He's
0: the future Mexican Guardiola. I don't hey, know about side. that. But one can only hope. <laughs> hey, on a side note, I wanna I wanna deviate for for a minute. The uh, Joel doesn't know this, but Higuera, since uh, Higuera blocked Joel. Um, he did. Huh? He, tweet, he tweeted something. It sounds just like Hohen. He said. He said, uh, thanks for your. He's replying to some dude. He said, thanks for your comments. A uh, doubt. Can you answer? Can you answer me this question? 17th place. Is that a bad tournament? <laughs> no, not winning it, uh, at home for more than one game. Over, hace dos torneos, Lugar 13. Is that acceptable? He's pretty much dissing Chivas for pretty much the same reasons that Joel has for the last
4: not, few not months. Not Chivas, Almeida. Well, Almeida. Yeah, he's taking yeah, shots Almeida, at
0: Almeida. Almeida and Chivas, the same thing.
4: Uh, I, no, because, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, but to me he's taking shots at Almeida.
1: Saying he's yeah, a- yeah exactly. he is. He yeah. is. So, so what, Al, what you're saying is that He's listening to the podcast.
0: He's listening to Juan. Yeah, <laughs> he blocked him. He blocked him on Twitter, but he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: did block him. I did try to get back in his good gracious because it's funny when he came in. I just I hated that guy, but I've since come to to appreciate some of the stuff he's done, which is weird. But I give him credit, and I don't think fans give him as much credit as he deserves. You know, he did bring Almeida, which is funny. <laughs> So you know now he gets hated for getting rid of him, but he he brought him in and he he brought in some of these players. He brought in Pulido, Pizarro, Gallito. He he brought in the players that made it possible. So it's like uh, I I do think in in a way he's been a bit more responsible for this last title than Almeida was.
0: Interesting. Uh... Or,
1: or at least play as big as a role as a coach did, you know. And then to lose to lose faith, and think, oh, you can't do it again, or you don't know what you're doing. Is is kind of messed
0: up. Uh, yeah, and I actually like Almeida except he ha- he doesn't have necessarily some of the attributes that there that we talked about earlier, uh, specifically number eight, which is World Cup experience as a coach, at least. But I actually do like. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to have Almeida take over the national team.
4: uh, So you support him?
0: I think I would. Um, I I agree with what everyone's been saying, with Joel and John was saying earlier about uh, uh, a local... A countryman being the coach that's led the team to the World Cup. Uh, for example, France with, uh, the champs. So, uh, Ameda isn't local, isn't a Mexican, but I mean, he's, he's been with Chivas. Uh, I would, I would support him. I actually, I actually have been saying this sort of low key, but I like Will Sanchez. I would like to see Will Sanchez get another chance. He seems interested and I know it's not going to happen. I know everybody still hates him and stuff, but.
1: I agree with you, Al, but I think it, look, he look would up. need. Sorry, I, sorry. No, it's no sorry. I'll just I'll finish. finish. I, I just think he needs a good assistant coach, but I think with with a good assistant coach, I think Hugo would would also be a good candidate.
4: You know, I think the counterpoint to that is is look at um, look at Belgium. Look how far they got without um, a Belgian coach. You know. You know, but it helps to have a a stacked team, right? And I think, yeah, they're, uh, they're they're go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna to echo that. That was their their team is just so talented. And then in
4: two thousand two, uh, didn't South Korea get to the semifinals with uh, uh, Gus Hitting? Or am I?
1: They did, but they were hosts.
4: Yeah, but I mean, they got helps. to the final, dude. I mean, I, I I wouldn't care if if Mexico's hosting in, in 2026 and they make the semifinals, 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 bro. You could be third place. You know that. I
3: think that's easier
0: though. It's easier if you're host. Yeah, well, well, so, but like well. Germany Germany was like their their program
4: was in shambles. You know, they got to the 2002 final, but even they knew that was like the end of the the road for that squad and. uh so two thousand and six they, they hosted, they had a big youth movement, they got to uh semifinals I think with, with Joaquim Lowe and Clinsman and, and that kinda of sparked their their two thousand fourteen run because Joaquim Low had a continuation with the squad. You know? And it peaked in, in twenty fourteen. Um
0: Yeah, so Mexico could use that that type of uh, continuation.
4: Yeah, that's an, eight year,
0: yeah, an yeah. eight year process. It's
4: been a. Jolie, Jolie was saying uh, Del Bosque is a candidate for Mexico. Where'd you hear that, Jolie? <clears throat>
1: um, they were saying that in Rasa but they were saying it since a long time ago. They were reporting that um, the dude from Pachuca. Forgetting his name. What's yeah, the what Archie guy? No 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 the, the, He's the Vice President of Pachuca. Oh uh, uh,
4: oh the, the president, the Argentinian
1: uh... Yeah. I Can't forget remember. his name right now.
0: Well the Bosque is uh we could say he's sort of uh he's sort of Mexican, he's a Mexican colonizer.
1: <laughs> 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 Howdy. 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 Oh snap. <laughs> right. so, so they're saying that like because Grupo Pachuca has been trying to put in the coach. They're the guys that went after Bielsa. Um you know, and so so after the Siete Cero it was reported that that you know, they approached Del Bosque who was willing to do it, but Del Bosque said I'm not I'm not gonna try to negotiate while you still have a coach though. But I would be interested. Um so the, the rumors have sprung up again that he's one of the candidates. One thing is that he's up there in age. I think he's about 80 years old. Pretty oh, old dude. Del Bosque? He's 67. Yeah. Oh, I said 80.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 80. is really old.
1: 70. He's, he's 70, 70, 70, 70, yeah. So he'll be, he'll okay. be 71 by the, by, the, by the tournament. That's not bad. That's not bad. But, you know, and, and I would say, like, maybe the one thing that, He has a good advantage, is where Mexicans can have some of these divas, but then when you see a coach like Del Bosque, who's won everything, you can't be a diva with him. You know, you're not you're not gonna impress that guy. He's he's at the world's greatest players. He's won all the top tournaments. You know, if you're Chicha Dios, what what are you gonna tell him? You know, I mean, you know what I mean. You're not gonna punk him the way you can punk others. Yeah, he doesn't have to imagine him. He's done him, you know. Yeah, he has the cabinet to prove it. That whole phrase is a a weak mentality. What happened
4: when they brought in Menotti in the the nineties?
1: Yeah, that was similar, Um, but that was like a mess because you. In the 90s, you had basically Televisa controlled all the TV. And, and that's, that was one of the things that was going on. So, and and it's, and it's interesting. If you read, if if you see how that they would negotiate, they would negotiate per game. So basically, like if you were a team, uh, back then, not all, not all of your games would be televised. They would probably televise like only a handful of games. And Televisa was was able to pretty much name the prize, and and that was one of the things that was happening. The other thing happening was in Mexico was that Televisa used to be the only open air station, and so but that point you had Telesistema coming in. So that's that's kind of what happened with Emilio Mauter, and I forget I forget the name of the other guy, but he was the president of Atlas. And they took over FMF and they handed a lot of the, a lot of the rights to Televisa. I mean, to Telesteca, but, and they're the guys that brought in Menotti, but Televisa came back, you know, they came back with a vengeance, man. Uh, Mauder was thrown in jail, you know, they dug up dirt on him, threw him in jail, man. And, and, uh, you know, all these people that had gone against them, they almost lost, you know, they almost lost their spot. So then Televisa took, took over all over again. But, but I guess a good thing was that now, um, they began begun sharing the rights with, with the Azteca. So then, that's, that's when you kind of saw the rise of the Joseras and and uh, that's, he became a big, you know, they're the ones that were reporting against a lot of the bad stuff from Tele, which is Cachirules was also back in the 90s. You know, that was the other thing with the Cachirules. Um, well, the Cachirules was a little bit before, because I think it was like, what, 91? 90? No. Yeah, before 90, 89? 89, 89 I think. They got, they got yeah, 89. Yeah, before really 90. And then Bielsa came, I mean Bielsa, Minuti came in 93. So, so yeah, late nineties, early nineties, that's when you had this whole power struggle. And, and eventually, like, Televisa got control of it again, but, but Tevezteca did, did end up, you know, getting some, some of the rights for the, for national teams. And then just recently you had it all over again. And, and the same thing had happened with, with Mexico opening up the number of, uh, free tv on air which was it was two stations now they're up at four there's four stations that that could show um you know they show their content which is on free tv you don't know, you don't need to have cable there's and, and
4: salim's company on one of them one of
1: them i'm not sure because you have imagen and, and i don't know if claro his 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 was claro and I don't know if they won it. I don't know if Claro TV won one of the fourth. Um, but I know Imagen is the other one. Um, so if you see now who televises what games, you 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 could you know you you could see. I don't I, I don't have a current list, but but you could see who has what what teams. Um, oh,
4: the Power Stroke.
1: But but that was yeah that was the recent and and we saw with Grupo Pachuca was trying to go up against Televisa. And that's when Televisa dug up all this dirt on them, with with um you know with the state, with with the Pachuca giving them uh, all this stuff, and then Martinez Garza was like, "If this, you know, just we don't want we don't want to get involved in this," and and Televisa ended up you know renewing the rights for like eight more years, which is up until twenty twenty six, and and um that's where we're at, man es donde los dejo chavos hey, me quiero dormir me, me ¿Andrés huh? There you go, You're, that's the guy.
0: That's Wait, before, the guy. You, before hey. you go we gotta we gotta get your oh, your really predictions. Quick. Oh man. Yeah, Liga next winner, failure and surprise.
1: God damn. I'm between Tigres and Cruz Azul. I'ma go with Tigres though. I think Cruz Azul is gonna put up a fight and get get pretty high, maybe semifinals. But I think Tuca, the is gonna do it, uh, you know. And then surprise team. Oh man. Um. Well, failure, failure. I must say is um, Monterrey. I must say Monterrey is the failure. Um, you know, even with Diego Alonso, I I, I think they're not gonna. That's the Lega team Pizarro. that was, like, favorites to win it. And, and that's right. Oh, man, I forgot about Gold, man. Never Pizarro mind. Never, never mind. You just changed my mind, There you go. You just, just changed my, <laughs> <you. laughs> my mind. I, I think, uh, yeah, we could be looking at another Monterrey final, man. uh Yeah, so. Yeah, and, a stack and, team, please. <laughs> Yeah, they're a stacked team with a good coach. So we could be looking at, at another Classical Regio Montano final. So that, that'll be my prediction. Uh, another Classical Regio Montano final. Uh, Chivas, I don't, I don't, know Chivas, man. Um, they let go of all their experience. Huh? I, 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 don't think they're going to do as bad as they did last season, though. They might not qualify to Liguilla, but I think they're going to fight for it. Uh, I think if, if uh, Cardoso uh, could work his magic, Getting some of these guys, you know, light a fire in their ass to start scoring goals. Then I do think Chivas has some talent to surprise. Godinez, okay. you know, and and Pulido, they they're good talents, you know, but they just they're not scoring like they should. Um And then, ouch, man. So I'm I'm having having a hard time with who's the who's the surprise and who's a fracaso, you know. Um Fracaso, I must say Santos. I'm going to say Santos. I I think for having I mean, winning the league, I think they might not even qualify. So I'm going to give it to Santos. Right. I'm, I'm going to give it to Dance team. That's, that's what you get for not coming in tonight. And then, um... <laughs> 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 uh, He's coaching, it's, remember. He's coaching a team now. He is. He is the under six. Um, and mm-hmm. surprise, uh, you know, I might say Lobos because I know they brought in... Uh, I think Lobos Bua brought in um, La Puente, and I think they have uh, – are those the guys that brought in a Palencia?
4: Because La Puente is not coaching, right? He's like uh No, no, he's
1: like a general manager. Different. And But, yeah, yeah, surprise. And then also, who knows with, with Atlas, because Atlas could be a – Atlas is, is – uh, Marquez is, is now – one of the dudes calling the shots for for Atlas. He's a. What's his What's his post? What's his role? Who knows, man? But I didn't see him do any big contrataciones. So it's. You know what? I'm gonna give it to Querétaro because he has my boy. Has my boy Puente Jr. Man, I gotta go with. I think they're gonna be the surprise right there, Querétaro, man. All right. I'm going with that guy. So. Uh, hey, Paco. He's a local swap. I just yeah he is right so oh, so yeah so so I'm predicting another classico Regio Montano final uh fracaso Santos and, and surprise Querétano. Gotcha.
0: That's
1: that chavos me voy porque me pegan I will right. be listening I must still be listening though to see what you and you want uh, right. Predictions are.
0: Yeah, I might have a bone to pick with Juan over here in a minute. We'll see.
1: Oh, you want to talk basketball?
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All
3: right. But
0: yeah. Hold on. The hold on. I gotta get your predictions though. Okay. Your uh, your winner, failure, and surprise.
4: All right. Look, I'm gonna go with with the failure first of all. It's gonna be Atlas. You know, <laughs> uh, Chivas. Chivas actually uh opened a can of whoop ass in a closed-door friendly uh they beat them 4-0 uh which leads me to my next uh my next pick uh, the surprise of the turn in is going to be Chivas and they they're going to make Liguilla, but they're going to give the, the uh what's it called the, the world the club the Mundial de Clubes a priority so i oh, see them yeah. i see them like finishing fourth in the season Because of the playing style, it's going to change. It's going to be a little bit more conservative. Um, But so with Cardoso, you got the sharpshooters now uh, running and gunning, Uh, which is kind of. I mean, it brings me to a little bit of a side rant that why can't the freaking teams have a a coach for finishing? You know, a coach for crossing, a coach for one to improve your one v one skills. But you know, that's besides the point. And i think I think Cruz Azul gets wins it dude i think uh, with with Pelias I think he's gonna and Caishina already the you know I, I think it's like a good thing. Di- you can see the good dynamic uh, between them and and the players and and their and that's making the program strong i think they're 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 gonna win it no no subcampeonato this time they're gonna take it on
3: righty yep very so good we got him down
0: we'll see how it goes, yeah,
4: we'll see how it goes. What were your picks? Uh, did you see them already?
0: Yeah. Well, I haven't said them, but I wrote them down. Except uh, my surprise. I'm not sure who the surprise is, but my winner, I think. Uh, and I picked them last last season, uh, which failed. But Monterrey, Rayados. I think they're gonna with with Pizarro and Gallardo. I think this this match of high high caliber players is gonna do them do them good. Because la- last season they did bring in. Uh, they brought in a ton. They brought in Vizcaya. Uh, what What's that? how do you say that dude's last name? Vizcaya. Oh. B- Urrete uh, Urrete Vizcaya
4: Vizcaya
0: from uh, Pachuca. From Pachuca. And I thought he. I thought they were stacked with him, and so I thought they were going to do good, but they, you know, they didn't do as well. But I think this time around they'll, they'll do okay, and they're going to win it. But uh, and then the failure, I think, America. I haven't heard too much about what they're doing. I see injuries. I see Menes got injured and uh, someone else got injured. So I don't, I don't Dude, think they they're lost gonna. They did.
4: Three or four players, man, during their friendly, their friendly tour in in the US.
0: Oh jeez, yeah. You so, know. and then my surprise. I don't,
4: I don't really know who,
0: who I'm looking to be as a surprise. I might go with Juan or with uh, John and say Pumas. But I had my doubts for them, but we'll see. So yeah, that's what it's I good. got. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know any other topic that you want to go over, unless you want to talk some b-ball, which we yeah, can we better can, exp- we can, we can we better can explain.
4: Football, the cantina makes uh after hours uh, b-ball.
0: All right. <laughs> so let me let me uh. Or do you, do you want to start it, or should I give my uh, ahead, uh, my initial premise?
4: Yeah, yeah, go for it. I want to hear what you got to say.
0: Well, we, we sort of brought it up earlier, where uh, and then uh, I think, who was it? Somebody on Twitter replied to this because I was tweeting out some of the stuff who I was saying, but it goes to, like, the, the Celtics, the old-school Celtics. They've won what I think I said, 13 NBA championships, but that was back in the day. That was like in the ancient times. So the Bulls come up, and I think they are just the dominant team. They've won more titles. Michael Jordan built that team pretty much from scratch. He didn't leave it. He didn't look for a, a ring elsewhere like Charles Barkley, like Shaq did. And we can argue this, but Shaq, Charles Barkley tried Houston and Phoenix, failed, and never got a ring. Uh, and then like and LeBron is doing the same thing. He he couldn't do. Anything with Cleveland, he ran out of patience. He moved to Miami with uh, Dwayne Wade to try to get a title. And then he he obtained that goal and then returned back, I think, repented sort of, went back to Cleveland, and they just took him back. And now he's going for money in L.A. So that's my that's my whole he deal.
4: He won them a title in Cleveland, which is pretty hard to do, man. It's a smart market team, man. He basically, who was his sidekick? Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love? Right?
0: Uh, Irvin is a main dude, man. Irvin was, I would say, like, he, he's one of the. T- he was equal to LeBron and, uh, as a critical player. Kyrie Irving was. That dude was legit.
4: You know, but Jordan didn't win without Scottie Pippen, dude. He. I mean, it, to me, Jordan is the goal. I'm not making the argument. Uh, but I, I, I don't think you can criticize LeBron for his latest move because he's not joining a team that even made. Like, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year, dude. They were like. They they were still yeah. they were still a lottery team, you know. They finished like uh, like they were the worst twelve team in the league, I think. they're or you know somewhere, not 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 the top twenty or not, not the last twenty, but not the last ten either. So uh, they were still a lottery team. They could have they could have gotten like one of the first three picks in the in the draft. Uh, so I don't think he's joining a, a contender from last season, but it's a really good young team, man. And uh, and LeBron kind of fits in because the way uh, the Lakers, their front office, they're, they're running the team now. They they made a lot of a lot of space to to sign free agents. So like this year will be the first year without with just LeBron and and most of the young players. And, and they signed some players, you know, um, some good uh, role players.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't criticize. I mean, well, I do, but I don't blame him for going to L.A. I mean, he's he's won some titles. I don't think he thinks of trying or he might in his mind think he's better than Jordan
3: mm-hmm.
0: or he'll think he's the goat. But uh, I think he's just going. I see him going to L.A. to the Lakers, just like Gio and then went to L.A. Geo and <laughs> they're just going because it's California. It's a nice place to live. It's Hollywood. It's. It's a big name team, and that's it. I I
4: think I think definitely there's some like uh, post basketball career. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly.
4: Options, <clears throat> but I think I think the Lakers will be a contender with him just with because I mean it's still LeBron dude he's still the best player in the league, you know. Uh, so I think they're still a contender, but I don't know if they can beat the Warriors. Uh, but that's what they're they're trying. They, they built the team to try to. Play against the Warriors like a different way and see if they can compete with them. Uh, but next year they can still sign like, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard or Kawhi, I don't know how to say his name, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, Kawhi
0: Leonard. Yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi
4: Leonard. He got shipped to Toronto. He's like a player the, the the Lakers could pick up. So then you're gonna have like your freaking, you know, your stack team. You could have like the the you know like the old Lakers stack teams, you know, with Shaq, Kobe, and a bunch of really good role players.
3: Jazz, put that
0: yeah, yeah, but see, my, my criticism of, of LeBron is, I guess it, it's, it's just the way Jordan stayed with the Bulls through, uh, and, and built the team and dominated all teams. Uh, LeBron is sort of, you know, he you know, he lost to Golden State. Golden but, State's got, but, but, got but, his number. Jordan he had no competition. The, the, remember, he they they had the. I know because he was building. He was in the process experience. of building the time, team. You know. I know he was building the team because okay, this is how this is the but career he didn't of Jordan by himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly. Scottie, you know. I agree, but he 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 built Scotty. Like without Jordan, I don't think Scotty would have been as great. I don't think uh, BJ Armstrong, Steve Kerr. I don't think all those guys would have been as great or big names without Jordan uh to give them confidence to be like you know helping the locker room and with his distribution and everything just the the confidence he gave so like his career at the very beginning Jordan was a, a one man team pretty much what LeBron is even up to now he was a one man team and there's no way you're going to win being a one man team and so that's why Jordan struggled at the very beginning cuz he didn't have no one around him once he did start to get people around him and he helped to lift up their play that's when they started winning and they smoked the Lakers they smoked uh Seattle Wait a minute. Else? Okay, they they didn't
4: smoke the Lakers, dude. To me, they smoked
0: the old man Lakers.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, Magic's Magic's Magic. uh, Magic's last uh, appearance in the finals. But to me, that's probably when he, you know, Magic had the whole illness thing. I think that's when he found out uh, that he was sick because, dude, he played really bad. You know what I mean? Like Magic had
0: a terrible series in that. In that yeah. Uh, but basically, whole, what I'm saying yeah, is that there was no competition. Portland, as well, like Sergio says. Uh, uh Seattle whoever else they beat or the uh, Jazz uh, I don't think that was a final. the final yeah that was the final that,
4: that was the last there, there was
0: no comp there was no competition for for the the top uh era of Jordan and the Bulls whereas with LeBron uh there sort of is and he did get beat by um by the Warriors so I sort of see that as like a, a diminish to his legacy as being the goat but I, I will say like Sergio brought it up Uh, I believe he's a, he's a very close second. Um, but I would even add to in a one-on-one in a one-on-one match, LeBron would, LeBron would smoke Jordan just cause his size. You don't think so?
4: Kobe smokes all three of them.
0: No way, dude. I think Jordan Jordan smokes Kobe. Even Jordan has said Kobe, the only player that would
4: beat me is Kobe. He said, there's like interviews of, of Jordan. Yeah. And and to me, it's like, to me, the goals are, are Jordan one A, Kobe one B and, and, uh, even Phil Phil Jackson coached both of them. Remember, oh. Jordan didn't win without Phil. Neither did Kobe. So that's that's an advantage for them because LeBron James, um, I mean, he's got uh, you know, uh, Lou Ty Lou, and and you know, I mean, he had Pat Riley, but he wasn't the coach in in, in Miami. When you've got a you've got a gold level coach with a goal level player, you're gonna have a freaking the the Lakers or the Bulls runs, you know.
0: Yeah, I think you need additional players. But on a one-on-one match, you—I don't think James. I don't think anyone beats James. I don't think Kobe beats James. Look at the size dude, difference between those dudes, man. Dude, but Kobe's game was was very
4: dynamic, dude. Same same thing as Jordan. Jordan, he could be physical. He could post up. He could shoot. You know, he had his fadeaway jumpers. He could, he could, uh, you know, make you draw fouls. He could dribble around you. I, I think he's he's like a complete player, and so was Kobe. You know.
0: Yeah, I just I just see the size difference being such so uh being the side oh, factor.
4: There's ways there are ways around it. I mean you know it's like when remember when Jordan would go go up on, on Olajuwon, and all these guys uh oohing?
3: Oh yeah.
0: That was quickness though. Yeah, I mean it, it could be quickness. Quickness on Kobe and Jordan's part could beat uh LeBron. But I mean he's he's so athletic. yeah. Well, that's it, the it, only way that's the only way he dunked on, on Ewing, on whoever else, you know, big man that he dunked on and Kobe as well is because of this, the quickness to the rim. Um, but those guys are a lot larger. Those guys are centers and, you know, they're tending to be so big and slow compared to like a, a guard, which, which, uh, Jordan and Kobe were.
4: Yeah. I, I think basketball is different in, in this era though, dude. They, the rules are, are like different. The teams are built differently. Um, but I I think like a goal manager like Phil Jackson to me is the difference for for Jordan, because even like he you know Phil had like he's a great like a uh, uh, ego manager locker room manager, uh, and the, even his his coaching style where he's coaching through the media, you know giving giving feeding comments to for the reporters to repeat back to his players, like that's uh like uh, uh you know just his whole style. And then he had the the goal of of of, of, of offensive basketball in Tex winner, man. You know,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh,
4: so those are advantages for Jordan and, and for Kobe and LeBron. The, he doesn't really have it. He's kind of he's having to, in a way, like he's really his his own coach. At least a lot of stuff I read is where he's really the guy calling the plays and and. And he's just his maybe his basketball IQ is like off the charts, and maybe that's something Kobe and and, and Jordan didn't really have to do because they had, you know, they had Phil and they had all the the great assistant coaches.
0: Maybe that just shows the lack of coaching, because I think the coaches are are really young now. They're they're not really prestigious and experienced as they were back back in the day.
4: Yeah. Um, the Old Guard is gone.
0: Yeah, and this and this, I mean, I don't like the NBA too much anymore ever since Jordan retired. I was like, okay, I'm done with this, but I think there's too many and and Golden State, especially Curry uh make it even worse is there's too many like run down the field, run down the uh the court and shoot a three. Or shoot a three from way out. And and there's no teamwork, there's no passing or uh, or plays. It's just give it to the best player and let him let's see what he does. It reminds me of that, uh, of the movie Hoosiers when the coach was like, uh, when Gene Hackman was, uh, would say, you're not, you're not shooting until you pass the ball five times and, uh, and go through their plays. And then, you know, the one guy who always rebelled and, and would take like the jump shot because he thought he was the best. So I don't, I don't really, I haven't, I mean, I only watch the NBA when it's the playoffs or, or the finals.
3: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah,
0: but
4: not, much, not, not much
3: lately, right? Because the Bulls haven't... No, I mean, I'll,
0: I'll watch it. I'll watch... It. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a Bulls fan. I was more of a Michael Jordan. I'm a, I was more of a player fan, and at the time, I was a Michael Jordan fan. Uh, so I liked the Bulls, but after he left, I was like, okay, that's enough of this. Um, but yeah, since the... Uh, I enjoyed the teamwork, the passing, the screens, and all that stuff, instead of, like, here, give it to, give it to LeBron and have him do what he wants, or give it to Curry and and let him shoot from fifty yards out. Wasn't, or just run down the field and shoot. Run down the field and shoot, and there wasn't really any any uh, teamwork to it. So.
4: Oh, you mean LeBron?
0: Yeah, for in today's today's NBA.
4: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's different, dude. I think they, there's a lot better shooters. Hey, but Jordan, he, I mean, he depended on on Steve Kerr and B. J. Armstrong to hit their threes, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's what I think made him made him a great player was the ability to use cuz those guys weren't like the best the best players. They weren't the Dwayne Wades or anything like that. They were they weren't even as good as like uh, uh what's his name? Kyrie Irving. They were just like, you know, mid uh mid-tier type players that he I, made I think really good. He's better than you give him credit, man. He's a good shooter. Dennis, Dennis Rodman, he's a freaking beast, man. Yeah, yeah, I will give Dennis Rodman. Like he 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 was very Hor- key Hor- Hor- coming Horace in over Grant? from Detroit. Hor- Hor- Horace Grant. Horace that. Grant stinks. Horace Grant stunk, dude. dude Dave Dave, Dave uh, Bill offensively, Cartwright. Offensively, you know, but he's a he's a
4: good defender. He's a he's a good rebounder. I mean, what you know? How are you gonna say he stinks? He's not a. He's he, was, not
0: he, wasn't, a he wasn't. He wasn't. He was one side. Yeah, he was a utility player. That's basically what I'm saying. He wasn't like a...
4: Well, he's a beast, man.
0: He wasn't like uh Not one dude. What's his name? For Golden State who shoots all the threes.
4: Oh, Kevin Durant?
0: Yeah, he wasn't like a Kevin Durant type of guy. He was... He, he got his rebounds and he could make maybe like a four-foot jumper. And that's it. <laughs> so and he wasn't it. like a huge asset. And dunk it. And dude, then you have uh, Bill Cartwright. Bill dude, Cartwright was on their team.
4: Dude, Phil Jackson has told you, hey defense wins championships.
0: Yeah, and you saw the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. That's that's a prime France. example of that.
4: You you saw France <laughs> counterattacking. Setting up defensively.
0: Yeah, but they had Yeah, they had they were evened out on offense as well though. They had
4: Oh dude it's a stacked team man.
0: They had it all over the place so Tons and that's 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 sort of. I think Ronnie was tweeting out that this World Cup disappointed him because of. Uh, I don't know if we'd say anti-football way of play, like set pieces and uh, counter attacks that were uh, used a lot in the World Cup. But I mean, I thought I thought it was entertaining, but
4: it's, yeah. it's just a different. It's a different World Cup. Uh, like I read something too, Xavi Hernandez. He was. He was saying, "Hey, everybody, played it safe. Nobody took risks. Try to play." But you know, R- R- Ronnie, he flip flops, man. Because I remember years ago when La Volpe had the team, he was saying that he how he wanted uh, he wanted balanced soccer. So he wanted like a La Puente type, which is which means is, you know, and that's and he was a big fan of Toluca because they would they would they would organize their defense first and then look to spring uh, a counterattack. And and for the longest. He was. He would preach the for Mexico to play play that way against the mino teams. Give them the ball. Let them attack you, and then counterattack. So, you know, oh, up a upper.
0: Yeah, he was doing that. Even even uh, even this even with Osorio, he was saying that.
4: you yeah, remember? you yeah, to play cat and mouse, and, and that Piojo was yeah. good at that. You know, so he's not. I mean, I mean, you can't. The the problem is if you want to be a good dynamic attacking team, you need you need the players and you need the familiarity uh, with the system. You know, uh, you like it, it, for a national team, it, it's really hard because um, you don't have the players every day. So you can't t- teach the idiosyncrasies of of, of, a, of offensive system, you know, day in and day out. Uh, with a club team, you can. So that's how you can have like the Barcelonas and all that. So I think, I mean, you know, respect to the, to the managers that can make it work. Um, but I think it works because, for example, to me, uh, Germany won it in 2014 because at and, and playing that style because they had their their Bayern Munich base and their Borussia Dortmund base of players, you know. Yeah, but Spain. They had their Barca base, of, with, with, especially with, with Xavi Hernandez, Iniesta, you know, um, uh, Pedro and and these other players that they play this possession attacking. So they're comfortable with that.
0: Um, yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen anytime soon with Mexico.
4: Yeah, with Mexico, you, you can't because you don't, there's no team has a base. It used to be Chivas. Chivas would be the base because they would have the best Mexican players. So you could sort of, you could try to use them as a base and build around them. I mean, generally, that's kind of, that used to be kind of the the deal, right? When Vasco came in, didn't he kind of bring up a Pachuca base to kind of uh, uh, recover yeah. that 2002 qualifiers? And then uh, Ojitos, didn't he kind of try to use a Cruz Azul base? They kind of choked. Uh, I, I don't think it works anymore, man. Unless no, they all cool. go to
3: unless
0: uh, they all go to Porto or something.
4: <laughs> yeah, like you know, that's why kind of like to me, if if Pep Guardiola is able to build like a base, a uh, squad of English players in England, uh, I, I think it, like he, I'm thinking he might do that. He might try to get all the English players he can to stack them in there, and then like in three four years take the national, the English national team, you know, because that's that's what, they, they were, he was saying, I read something that he's looking to get into management. So I I, I mentioned it to somebody like, hey dude, the, the Guardiola effect. You know he's in he's in your in, in coaching in Spain. They win the World Cup with his with his base. Germany, same thing. So I'm thinking he's gonna stack England and then try to get the English team because England's like a really good team underachieves, and they're they're open to foreign managers. You know they've they've had a ton of them already. Uh, well, you know, yeah. So if he yeah, if I he stacks Man that City, would be interesting. yeah. If he stacks Man, if he's able to stack Man City with a uh, with English players, dude, watch out.
3: And yeah, this is the this is
0: the generation to do it. I mean, they, I think they even Tom would probably say that they overachieved in this World Cup, and yeah, next time could be their uh, their chance to to do even better. Well I think that's uh should be it for the NBA talk. Uh, <laughs> know, any man. uh any other things? It's pretty late, so you could probably end the show unless you have any other last final items to to say.
4: No nah, dude, I'm just I'm just curious what's gonna happen with Mexico, who who's gonna take it over because Osorio's pretty much done, so they don't have a manager for the September friendlies. So they might, they might, you know, or they might do a tribute thing, huh? Well, they'll have a like freaking like who hasn't gotten the team besides Tuca, you know, Mejia Baron or something.
3: Yeah, somebody,
4: maybe Jose Luis Real. They remember they gave it to Frank Flores for the Spain friendly, like he was a
0: oh, yeah, interim coach.
4: yeah, you know what? I think he had a little dispute with Vela, too. I think they had a little disagreement uh, in that game. Because I think if Rain Flores was trying to talk to players and Vela was like, whatever, you know, just blowing him off.
3: <laughs> and,
4: he, and I think he did the same to Vasco in, in 2009. or two, Yeah, 2009 in the Gold Cup, I think. Or when the call-ups, he was kind of, Vela would be like on his cell phone and like tweeting and stuff or whatever. And, you know.
0: Yeah, they they shouldn't they should get a perm. They should make a deal quick and get a real coach in there, so to avoid all that stuff.
4: I think so, man. I think that's just that's the only thing on my mind. I think that'd be the last point to make. This just I wonder who they're gonna get.
0: Yeah, I, I would go. For, I would go with Almeida. Just give him a because I don't think I think John even said it. Mexico isn't gonna. Get what they want they're going to settle with whoever will take it because this this coaching gig is is not desirable <laughs> you don't think- I don't think so, man. Just look how they treat people in in, in Azteca, how they treated Osorio. If you make any type of mistake, the press is going to get all on you. If you can't handle that stuff, you're going to be crying and and suffering the whole your whole tenure. If things don't go well, the fans are going to turn on you. I, I drama. think that's, that's everywhere
4: except the 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 the, the nads, dude. Because <laughs> in England it's like that, you know. They're always second guessing uh, everything, you know.
0: Yeah, I guess it is. It seems. That's it funny. seems. I don't know if it's just Mexican fans saying it, but it, I hear a lot of talk where it, uh, a lot of people say Mexico is worse. The Mexican press is worse.
4: Well, maybe I mean, not. Maybe
0: not like Argentina, but overall.
4: It They're very wrong, confrontational, almost. man. I, I remember the the pressers, I'm sure you remember too, dude. They were like just attacking Osorio, you know. Like uh, one time uh, they asked him a question about why the goalie um, had to make so many saves. And he's all like, well, isn't that the goalie's job to make saves? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, he's just sarcastic. He's just tired. He's done with them.
0: Yeah, that's a legit question though. And that and that answer, that type of response is, uh, is one of a rustled individual.
4: <laughs> I guess dude, I mean I, you know I, I can see his but I see his way. I mean, dude, you're, you're you know the goalie's gonna have to make saves because the
0: because you your because def- your team can't possess and your team and your and you're on the defensive all the whole time. That's that's what I think. Like whenever whenever uh, Mexico played Brazil in the last yeah. World Cup, and everyone was like, "Oh, Chou the best! Oh, Chua's awesome!" I, I was like. Maybe so, but why is he having to make all these saves, and why can't Mexico do anything against this team and and just play other than play defense? They're hanging by the skin of their teeth against Brazil, Ooh, so it's but, not something to be proud of.
4: It's Brazil, man. Yeah, just they they, yeah, got it's a, true. they got a higher pedigree. Remember, in in uh, under Piojo, Ochoa was the the, the hero too. Uh, again, with Hugo Sanchez when he beat them. Uh, uh, 2 20 I remember Ochoa making tons of saves like being really clutch in that game you know especially uh, towards the end where they were just like they just pushed all their lines forward and they were um unt- I they just have a I don't think it's just talent dude I think part of it is mental too man because uh technically Mexico's a good team but they're just not used to you know I think it goes back to the Champions League games They're, they're not, not they're to-
0: not they're not used to I think it's their mentality is a big part of it. They're not used to being... Like, just when you said, it's Brazil. Exactly. I, I would say, like, well, okay, so it's Brazil. Why don't anyone say, oh, it's Mexico? And then Chicharito has to come out with, like, piensan cosas chingonas and all that stuff. It's exactly. Which is like, okay, why why do you have to make that type of little phrase? Why don't you just say, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to win? And it's it's like, we have to dream big. We have to dream of these far-fetched things, like, getting to the fifth game or winning a championship because it's not going to happen. And I could even tell, like, after Mexico was out, I was, like, watching the the later games of the World Cup, I was thinking, man, Mexico's talent is nowhere near these teams. Mexico, If Mexico were to make the semifinals, I would think they had no business being amongst these teams. <laughs> They're not of the talent of statue and, and play. Like, watching Mexico play is like watching, uh uh compared to, like, France and Croatia. It's like watching Panama play or some some team like that. Man.
4: So you anyway. you, th- you think they're the they're the the uh, Wolverhamptons? What are they yeah. called?
0: The the know your know your role know your place in the scheme of things, Mexico.
4: <laughs> so they're like the Fulham.
0: The Fulham, yeah the the the, the the Everton, the the Porto or the whatever.
4: Porto well, the wins their league, dude.
0: <laughs> well, I'm talking about a championship, like in a Champions League. Oh, in the Champions League. Yeah, dude, they got smacked by Liverpool, yeah. But, uh, but hope is always there. Hope for next time and hope for maybe a home, home turf World Cup. A little bit of advantage.
4: Yeah, I think that's why we need to pick a manager for the next eight years.
0: Yeah. All right, man. All right, dude. It's time to wrap it up. Thanks for coming on and uh just a reminder to everybody to check us out on the Facebook page and the Cantina Mix Twitter page. And you can download this on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube is uh and we'll see you guys next week.